The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? Ay, 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 I got coffee. Coffee. shiny have to admit good morning folks what the hell day is it? it's tuesday june 28th 2022 looking uh still a little gray and bullshitty here you know what i want my money back for this summer where do i get my money back i hope it's a beautiful day wherever you are i i just got a you know read only on twitter uh i was on twitter and i saw that craig uh johnson out in ABQ, uh, has some UFO shit going on. Very interesting, cool stuff. I'm a, I'm a UFO, but I love seeing that stuff. Now, I'm not a, a guy, I'm not a Michael Shane who swears uh, aliens exist and are coming here and, they, you know, ancient aliens and all that stuff. Uh, but I do love wondering what, what it is and trying to figure it out and just the... the the mystery of it all, and some really intriguing video, um, and not it was shot on a phone, not by some professional or not by some hoaxer, but by somebody I know, who I don't think would ever do a hoax like that. Not inclined to be a hoaxer, uh, so it's very cool footage. Uh, maybe we'll get Craig on sometime to talk about that, and maybe we'll find out what it is. Who knows? ABQ is a, you know. It's an area where if if I were from Uranus, let's say, if I just came from Uranus, <laughs> I'd want to visit because there's a lot of, you know, science shit going on out there. <laughs> Los Alamos and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, um, great day today. Great day to be alive. Every day is a great day to be alive, right? And uh, let me tell you, it's a good thing. I, I said this yesterday. I'm going to keep saying it. Serendipity. Oh, I love that word, serendipity. I don't know what the fuck it means, but I love saying it. Um, <laughs> being in Twitter jail this week, what a blessing. What a fucking blessing, man. Um, You know, with all the Supreme Court decisions. That, now, yesterday, the Supreme Court, was sided with a football coach who wants to pray with his team. And they're allowing prayer in school. When I was in school, we used to pray. We used to pray for the pre- uh, teachers to drop dead. And I think that should still be allowed. I mean, if you're going to allow... We're living, again, uh, you know... We're living in an era where we're seeing... um we're seeing Christian Sharia law being shoved down our throats in America. 
And again, I, I I know I'm a broken record, but if not for my wife, I would leave this country. I would leave this country. It's going to fucking be a, a mess beyond a hot mess in just a very short time. Uh, again, you know, I have no problem with religion. I have no problem with it at all. You want to, I shouldn't say that. Organized religion pisses me off, but I have no problem with if that's what you want to do. But shoving it down our throats and saying this has to be a Christian nation. Sorry, that's not what Christ would have done. Yeah, they're not Christians. I'm going to remind people. We have a t-shirt called You're Not a Christian. Uh, and do we have do I have that available? Yes, here it is. You're Not a Christian t-shirt. It's available on MindDogTV.com. Shows an Easter bunny holding an AR-15. For people who know nothing about what their faith is supposed to be about. And I'm not. I'm not preaching that you should be a Christian. I'm just saying, if you call yourself a Christian, you should know what the fuck the holiday, or the the faith is about. The holiday, well, the holiday being Easter. Easter, their most sacred holiday, is not about a fucking bunny. And Jesus certainly wasn't about fucking automatic rifles. And now, it's going to backfire on them because, listen, the same fucking people want you to pray to Jesus in school don't want you to pray to Allah but you can't you can't enforce that man you can't enforce that if there's freedom of prayer in school you could be fucking praying to Satan and it should be interesting to see how this fucking rolls out but this fucking Supreme Court is off the rails trying to shove phony Christianity down all our throats. The next thing Clarence Thomas has written about this, he's made, had no, not trying to hide this at all. He wants to uh, ban gay marriage altogether and uh, ban contraceptives. Same people who are saying no abortion, no, they want to ban abortion and that they, if they can figure a way to ban abortion in all 50 states, blanket a, a ban, rape, incest, doesn't matter. Those same people want to also ban contraceptives. It's like the fucking Puritans have taken over. We've gone back 500 years because of these fucking ridiculous people, man. So it's a good thing I'm not on Twitter because I wouldn't get banned anyway, but I'd also be so fucking enraged and fucking battling these twits that uh, I might lose my fucking mind. I might have a fucking stroke with these people. So it's a blessing to be off twitter this week uh speaking of twitter travis oh travis twit (laughs) man maybe the coffee's not as strong as i thought travis lipsky will be with me um around 10 o'clock today travis is one of the uh stars of the movie the unbookables he's also an independent filmmaker i only know him from on twitter i mean i've seen the unbookables obviously and i i've He's not in there for a lot of time, anyway. He's, he, I know he's the guy who threw the bottle at um, at Inman. He, I know a couple of his jokes from there. But mostly I know him from Twitter. And you can't really know somebody from Twitter. I'm not sure when he's joking. You know, I'm not sure what he's serious about, what he really cares about, and what he's just busting balls about. So, um, 
Uh, what is Jamie saying? Jamie, welcome. Good to see you here. You're up early. Oh, no, you're not up early. You're in fucking... You're all, it's late afternoon where you are, wherever the fuck you are. Uh, Islamabad or something. Can't remember uh, which state, but a woman gave birth to a stillborn, and the first thing the doctor did was call the police. Wow. No, no. That, no. No. I'm saying no. I said no like eight times there. No, 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 no. I don't think that's true. I think you're just making that up, or somebody made that up and put that in some bullshit news story. I can, no. I'm going to say no a few more times. No, 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 no. Anyway, I don't think I'm going to be able to watch uh, Last Rites live today because they sprung some shit on me that could be historic. It could be just fucking nothing, but it could be historic, and I think I have to watch it live. He's saying genuine. Where'd you, where'd you read that? No, I'm going to say no a few more times. No, no, no. Um, today, the January 6th uh, committee was not supposed to have any he- hearings until after July 4th. But they have a, uh, something came up, announced one yesterday. Surprise witness who could, could be Eastman, could be Ali Alexander, although he's saying it won't be him, Ali Alexander. Now, that would be... <clears throat> That would be interesting because Ali Alexander has a chance. He's um, a loose cannon, as they say. He could, they could get him in there, expecting him to flip on Trump and just totally flip on them, even though he probably has a plea deal because he's been testifying to the grand jury. He testified to the January sixth committee before. He's been. Uh, was in front of the grand jury yesterday for three hours, but he's one of these guys, and he was on Alex jo- Alex Jones with the monkey monkey box uh, last night, and basically reaffirming that the uh, election was stolen and we were doing the right thing. So he's a guy who could flip. It, it would be interesting to see that testimony. I don't think he's going to be the one, but I'm curious though, who. Uh, uh, Oh, it's in the Guardian. He said, Jamie says that's in the Guardian. Well, I got to look that up. Guardian, stillborn, blah, blah, blah. Guardian, stillborn, blah, blah, blah. Guardian, stillborn, blah, blah, blah. Everybody sing with me. Stillborn arrest. How about that? She was jailed for losing a pregnancy, her nightmare. It's in the Guardian. But how come it's not in the U.S.? newspaper if it, uh, she was jailed for losing pregnancy her light uh her nightmare could become more common oh so this is from uh november 2019 tv stations across california blasted chelsea becker's photo on their news edition the search was on for a troubled 25 year old woman wanted for murder of her unborn baby news anchor said warning viewers not to approach if they spotted her like she's dangerous she didn't kill it with a gun did she she shot herself in the in the in the twack. No. <sighs> Next day, she was asleep at, in bed at home in bed when officers, uh, Hanford police, uh, arrived. Blah 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 blah. The officer had a, a large automatic weapon pointed at me and a canine dog sniffing out the the twack. 
Uh, Becker, now 28, recalled in a recent interview, uh, walked out and surrendered. Two months before, Becker had a stillbirth at a California hospital, losing a baby boy at eight months pregnant. Kings County prosecutor in the Central Valley charged her with murder of a human fetus. That's just stupid. Bad doctor, never heard of stillborn. Uh, alleging she had acted with malice because she had uh, been struggling with drug addiction at the hospital, reported meth in her system. Ah, oh. So, yeah, that's a, a really complicated thing. That's not really abortion-related, though. It really isn't. It's about uh, somebody who did not mean to have an abortion. They, she was uh, obviously going through with the pregnancy, but then feeding uh, a, a fetus fe- uh, methamphetamine. I don't think she should have been arrested for murder for that. She definitely, uh, you know probably needs counseling more than anything, maybe some support, maybe some psychological help. Probably, listen, she's already fucked up from meth. And then lose a baby on top of it. She's a fucked up, psychological, psychologically fucked up person and probably needs help more than jail. But I don't think that's an abortion story. I don't think it's even kind of... Uh, I don't even think that that's related to the abortion issue. I just think that's a, that's a fucked up. Uh, this is heartless people not understanding. You charge her with murder? Are you fucking kidding me? You know, some people just have no fucking, no soul. And I think the doctor and whoever, the DA or whoever ordered that charge, fuck them. Now I'm all mad at them. I'm mad at everybody. Good morning, Paul. I'm not mad at you. <laughs> good morning, Kelly. And good morning, uh, Mike Chivola. I didn't see you up there. Um, anyway, uh, so Travis Lipsky will be here. And I don't know what to expect from Travis because I really, not on the level of Brendan Walsh where I don't know when he's serious or not, but almost on that level. I don't know what he really cares about. I don't know. He seems to be conspiratorial. But I don't know if that's a put on or real or what the fuck he thinks about. Because he wrote something that uh, he he hated people. Not hated. It was against people who say not everything is a conspiracy. And he was putting down people who say not everything is a conspiracy. So that leads me to believe that he thinks everything is a conspiracy. Everything. Me drinking from my coffee cup is a conspiracy. You can't think that. Not everything is a conspiracy. Not denying that there are conspiracies. There are plenty of conspiracies. I can name probably a hundred off the top of my head. Um, there are conspiracies. But not everything is a conspiracy. This, this, and for, to say that anybody who says that not everything is a conspiracy is just stupid or crazy, well, that's seems to indicate that you think everything is a fucking conspiracy. Everything's not a conspiracy. This show is not a conspiracy. I am not a shill for the CIA or the NSA or the FBI or THC or LSD or DMT. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, um, 
So we'll we'll find out about Travis. I'm a little nervous. I gotta admit, I'm a little nervous. A little nervous. Uh not like I'm gonna get raided and have guns pointed up my twack. That's just a fucking crazy story. Anyway, I don't know. Well, I'm going to start with this January 6th thing and see who the uh, the mysterious guest witness is. Um, and we'll go from there. And then maybe I'll, I'll catch the last rites now. The last rites today, let's face it. If I miss the first five hours, there'll still be plenty of show left. Uh, I anticipate, because it, <laughs> it's Carl and Jamie and that guy with the pencils or whatever his name is, uh, Art Boy something, Art Boy. Well, shit, it's the Art Boy. Drunk job, put coffee in my promos. It's that guy. What's his name? Bill, Bill Brop, Bill Blop, Brot Bropos, Boober the Boop. I'm sorry. I, I, Brett Brock. I, 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 sh- I shouldn't be mean to Brett. I love Brett, but he's got to stop using coffee in his shit because that's gonna piss me off. Um, <laughs> but that, let's face it, the three of them are gonna go like, uh, oh, and Cat is gonna be making cocktails with them, and um, so that's gonna be a, it's gonna be a partisan in the making. Uh, it's gonna go twenty hours. So if I miss the first five hours of it. That's just a warm-up act. I don't think I'll miss the first five hours. Maybe maybe the first two hours tops, hour and a half. How long will it take them to get to this uh, mystery witness? Well, I got to see who it is. It could be a historical event, a -a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Uh, You know, what if it's Tiffany Trump taking uh, taking off her top in front of <laughs> Why the fuck am I thinking that? Um, but I can't miss it. Is the point I'm making? <laughs> uh, oh, good morning, cat. You traitor. You, you last rights crew member. You, you guys wouldn't even know each other if it weren't for me. That's true. Nobody would know Jamie Dykes if it weren't for me. He'd still be just some obscure... And, and Carl. Nobody'd know Carl if it weren't for me. I get no respect. No respect, I tell you. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with me today? The problem is I sleep in like eight-minute segments, and I have very severe brain damage, so don't pay attention to anything I say. Um, I'm delirious. I'm fucking delirious. And there isn't coffee strong enough in the world uh, <laughs> to to make me sound rational or intelligent or even here. <laughs> um, in my Facebook memories this morning, a rant. Woo! Me! Yes, a rant um, from eight years ago. It's an interesting rant. I, I gotta. I feel bad about it now. In in hindsight, I'm gonna read you my rant. Uh, well, obviously, there's two rants. One about Twitter suspending me over a Steve Byrne uh, thing. Steve Byrne. Uh, well, I retweeted something that Steve Byrne 
well, was on because I was promoing him being on Mind Dog TV, and Twitter suspended me for retweeting his original tweet. But they left his up and didn't give him any bullshit at all. They said all I did was retweet it, and I got suspended for it. It's fucking bizarre. Uh, here's the the rant I was looking at. I kind of feel bad about this, but I want to talk about it just a little bit. I uh, says, I had a very mixed night last night. Happy to have enjoyed playing with Bruce Dixon. Bruce is a drummer that subbed with us that night, obviously. And angry at witnessing the most classless act by a musician in more, more than 40 years of gigging. Imagine a guy walking into a, someone else's gig with his axe and telling the band to fire someone in the band and hire him because he's much better. Not exaggerating even a little. I'm still pissed about it more than 12 hours later. I told the dude to lose my number, but it doesn't feel like enough. Now, this is what happened. Rockin' 45s were playing at E.B. Elliott's in Freeport. And um bass player walked in, a guy who had subbed with us. And he was drunk, but he had a, he was coming from an open jam or something, had his bass with him. And he walked over to me and he says, Your bass player sucks, man. You should fire him and hire me. In the middle of a gig. In the middle of a song, he's telling me this. And I was pissed. And this is somebody, he was, let, let me say, first of all, he's right. Not, not that our bass player sucked. He's right that he's much better. He He probably was... One of the top five, top ten, easily top ten musicians I've ever played with or learned from. But that's a low low rent act. But I attribute it to him being drunk. I don't think he would have done that. But I feel bad about it now. I feel bad about even my anger towards him because he died of brain cancer two years later. So maybe that, you know, you got brain cancer, that affects your behavior. I did not know that at the time. What is the message here, children? Ah, <laughs> uh, you are witnessing a fucking breakdown, I'm telling you. Well, the message here is everybody's going through something you have no idea that they're fucking going through. Uh That's a whole different story, Paul. Wow. Good morning, Paul. Uh, karaoke. No, that. Yeah, I've had that too. Yeah. Oh my God. Memories, and I know you know memories, Paul. Uh, there's a one guy there. Um, white hair, ponytail dude. He comes to every gig for, and we don't play there anymore. But um, comes to every gig from every band that plays there, and he wants to be a rhythm guitarist in, in every band. And he used to, he used to come and ask the Rocket 45 for a gig playing rhythm guitar. I said, we don't need a rhythm guitar. There's no fucking budget for a rhythm guitar. We don't have any money for any more people. It is what it is. But uh, he did this for years and years, came to every gig, and every gig begged for a uh, a gig with us. I'm like, no, we don't need you, dude. And then one night uh, after a gig, he came up and he wanted to, criticized the way I played the song Wooly Bully. He said, you know, you're not playing the full rhythm part there. I said, no, nah, I'm playing rhythm and, rhythm and lead, dude. I got to make a hybrid part up myself that fits both parts. 
and you kind of understand that this is what we're playing with. Oh, well, I could show you how that goes. I said, what? No, I know how it goes. Where the fuck are you gigging? You come here every every fucking night and beg bands for a gig for 20 years, and then you have the balls to come up and fucking tell, uh, tell somebody how they should be playing shit? Get the fuck out of here. You're a desperate loser. <laughs> and this is a karaoke people who want to come up. And, Paul is a fucking great singer, by the way. People don't know Paul J. Um, he's a great singer on Long Island based, but I hear, I hear... He's kind of branching out to Ohio or something. I don't know. That's a whole other thing. I don't want to get into it. I have said that Ohio is a um, an artistic hub. One of the one of the places where creativity is is flourishing in America. Ohio, Ohio, and, and several cities in Ohio seem to have it going on. Anyway, uh, Mike Chabot says you still won't let me sing. Uh, uh, then again, that's a really good idea. Actually, uh, we got you. Somebody has you singing on video from a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I know you did not know there were video cameras rolling when you did that. It wasn't long, but it actually happened. Uh, and if I could dig that out to embarrass you or blackmail you, I will. Uh, Venmo me at uh, media1 at optonline.net. Uh, if uh, you want that video to just disappear, Venmo me $50 today and we'll just take care of that and it will be gone forever. I'm kidding. Uh, there, there actually, um, there it probably is video. Uh, Mark Burkhalter has it and I'll ask him to destroy it for you. Don't worry about it. Free of charge. I'm giving away all the blackmail stuff today. Our, our, uh, Dump the blackmail sale only lasts uh, till 10 a.m. today. So if you want me to get rid of your blackmail uh, material, uh, get on it now. Get your requests in now because the big sale is only lasting till 10 a.m. What the fuck is wrong with me today? Anyway. Um, so that, you know. I feel bad about that rant, but that was a really at, at the mo in the moment that it happened. I remember just like I almost wanted to fucking punch his lights out, for because it's one thing to say, "Give me the gig, please give me the gig." I, that wouldn't bother me. And again, the guy's a fucking. He was a, a one of the best musicians I've ever known in my life. But to say your guy sucks and you got to get rid of him, that's low rent. And that hurts. It hurts. And I, he, I never told the guy he was talking about that that, that was said about him. Um, but, you know, you hurt, my, you hurt my friend, you hurt me. You put down my friend, you hurt me. So. Anyway, Kiara will be here in, in a moment or two. I, I look forward to talking to her every day. She sent me, um, well, first of all, I sent her a picture of Mikey from from 1981. She couldn't believe it yesterday. And then she sent me a new artist that I checked out, which I really like. Uh, but I have some questions. The, the artist's name is uh, Melody Gardot. You know Melody Gardot? She seems to be... Trying to to 
how do I appropriate the image or yeah the image the the perception the the overall branding of Bridget Bardot Melody Gardot other than that I mean the music is good it was it's very retroish very Bardot-esque music-wise, but fashion-wise and the look and all the stuff that's in there and the way she's portraying black and white, really sexy, blonde um, images. And the Gardot stuff is so close, you know, Gardot, Bardot. Seems like she's trying to uh, appropriate. Is that, am I even using that word correctly? Uh, who the fuck knows today? I could be fucking saying anything. Um, but that's the only only issue I might have with that. But good stuff. Somebody said, she has like, on the song that I looked at, she had like 3 million downloads on the song. And one of the, the first, first comment is, it's so sad that nobody knows. She's this talented and nobody knows this music. Like 3 million downloads is not anything to sneeze at, folks. Three million people have listened to your, and that's just on YouTube, not not to mention Spotify, Apple Tunes, all that stuff. I don't feel bad for anybody who's got three million on a, a particular song. It's not Taylor Swift numbers. It's not Katy Perry numbers or ridiculous stuff. Or who was that Korean dancing dude that had like three billion, whatever. But that's all shit. The stuff that gets them. <laughs> The stuff that gets those insane numbers is all shit. It's all shitty music. It really is. Uh, but I definitely don't have any pity or or I don't think any less of somebody who's got three million. I think that's a, if I got three million on a single song, I'd be pretty fucking happy on just on YouTube alone. That would mean you know that would be. Uh, Affirming for me that I did something something pretty good. Anyway, can't ju- can't judge people by those numbers and stuff. I know people. I've had that shit. I remember once I put up a song that ended up getting like a hundred thousand views or something ridiculous. Some, but within the first hour after I put it up, somebody was trashing me, saying, "Look, you only got six views." I think I put it up an hour ago. <laughs> I mean, and I'm, I don't have like a marketing uh, firm behind me or anything. But and the guy was like, you know, antagonizing me. Oh, look at you! You only got six views. You suck. People, people just look are too quick to just. Uh, I don't know. Put other people down to make themselves feel better, especially artists. That, that's that's a fucked up thing to do. I feel like. Uh, Again, I feel like sometimes the the numbers work backwards. The more, and that's not always true, obviously, but the higher the number, when it gets into the ridiculous stratosphere of billions of views, it's probably going to be garbage. Anything that, that gets that much into the mainstream consumer palette, it's probably going to be pretty shitty. If you look at the numbers there, that's 
probably pretty true. Speaking of, uh, I'm not going to say that. What the fuck is wrong with me today? Karen's uh, in the background. I, I I almost said something really inappropriate, really, uh, really stupid, really mean, and really dumb. Whatever. It's just who I am today. I'm a really stupid, mean, dumb jerk. I need more coffee. I need a lot more coffee. I'm probably going to get to I'm going to bring Kiara and leave her alone. Just leave her to talk to you while I go get coffee in my in my underwear. Um, yeah, so I'm not wearing any pants. I'm lying. I'm wearing shorts. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's bring in Melody Gardot's biggest fan, uh, Kiara. About time you're on the right side. Hello. Good morning. Morning. How are you? Um, I'm all right. How are you? I'm all right. Kelly wants to know if I'm getting my period live. Mm. Are I, you? I don't know. Maybe. I'm I'm acting a little weird. I think I spiked my own coffee or something. Or something's wrong with me today. I'm just... Spiked it with what? Who knows? Who knows? Evil lurks in the hearts and the minds of men. The shadow does. Anyway, you see, that's what's wrong with me today. I just like break off into tangents like that for no no reason. Um, Melody Gardot, you sent me. Yeah. Bridget Bardot ripoff. No, oh no. Uh, I I feel like she's appropriating Bridget Bardot's brand style brand. No, yeah, style, but more than style brand. Her whole she she wants people to think. I don't know what Gardo is that made up is that why and why not if you're gonna go that far, why not make it Bardo and just and like try to tell people oh, you you're her, her daughter. Name yeah. Well it's not just a name, but look, you, the the images and the, the black and white blonde on the floor in a short skirt with the you know uh, all, the whole look of all of it, all the style. I just like that it. song. I used to sing it. Where'd you learn that song from? Because uh, I, I just mentioned it's not, you know, it's she's not in the stratosphere with numbers. But some the first comment below the video is, I can't believe nobody knows this music. She's so talented and blah, blah, blah. Oh, blah I saw blah. that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I sang it a long time ago. and um, So it's it old? Just... It's not new? No. Oh. I sang it like, uh, my gosh, how old am I? I sang it like 10 years ago. Whoa! Oh, yeah. so I totally missed the boat. So yeah, three million views or whatever she's got is not a lot for ten. Years I just time. I pick songs that I like to like like that I could sing that I like to sing. Yeah, but when we oh, do the, sorry. the, the, the no, that's fine. It's just one of those days you can yawn, you could fart, you could do whatever you want. I, I have to fart. I don't know what's wrong with my stomach. Today. I think I think it would be good for the ratings. Could you fart? It's but put ready. the mic if you got a mic. Anyway, um, what was it? Oh, the kind of bullshit work that we do. You can't do songs that people don't know. You got to, everything we do has to be relatable. To, you know, you saw when I did the Bing Crosby song, people were like, what the fuck? You yeah, but can't... it was cool. Is oh, that cool? I actually know that song. I thought it was doofy. I know that song. <laughs> no, um, no, why not? Why not? Why not? 
I don't what know. Let's you? ask Paul J if he's still there. Paul, can you do songs that people have never heard before? People don't know what you're doing on a gig. I mean, it's bad enough we we throw a few originals at him every once. Mikey, well, that's been... what I was gonna say. I was gonna say that people do originals all the time. But the, the one they they request the most often is love song, and that's because it's dirty. That's the only reason. Because they're a bunch of fucking pigs. They want to see. Yeah. They they want to hear the f bomb, and you know me. I'm a prude. I don't like to fucking curse ever. I know. I never fucking curse. I hate fucking. Never, curses. never. Yeah. Um. And they're uh, and they're like all horny because they're all drunk and they're yeah. all randy and they're all like feeling the first themselves. time. Mikey never. He I played the song for Mikey on the way to a gig. We were. It was just me and him at E. B. Elliot's. And he said, oh, we should do that tonight. And I wrote down the words for him. And the first time we played it was acoustically on the deck at uh, E.B. Elliott's. And a girl was humping his leg during the entire performance. So she was like, you know, she was all over him. And so he, he made me play it three more times on that gig. <laughs> he likes... He likes to... Oh, yeah. he, he likes to be that. Well, of course, he likes to be the center of attention, but he likes women throwing themselves at him too. And this was before he was married to Lydia, so may, I'm. I don't want to get him in trouble with that. <laughs> yeah, women do. Did. Women, women do, and it's not just Mikey. It's like every band. Like, oh, it's like, what are, what are you doing? What are you doing? Have some. Have some respect for yourself. Uh, Kelly says, "PT five five zero." Is that what's that? It's that's a, a dry cleaning number. She's work, she's working in a dry cleaner, and every once in a while she forgets she's in a chat room or something, and she types in or uses voice to text, and she's putting in numbers of people picking up their dry cleaning. Is she really? <laughs> yes, that's a ticket number or something. In, oh, in a dry cleaner's. That's this is the kind of day it is here. I could smell the dry cleaner. Every you know, just mentioning it, I could just smell it. What does it smell like? A dry cleaner. I never been in. I know. I mean, I have been in dry cleaners. I just don't know the smell. I guess it's just it's a smell. It's a very distinct smell. Really? Yeah. I mean, I I don't think I've ever been to the dry cleaners, but my mother used to go. She would wear suits, and I, and I just remember the smell. That and the butcher. Oh, yeah. the butcher! Yeah. The I, butcher yeah. smell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm racking my order, racking my orders from yesterday. That's what she says. Mm. Anyway, I start. I was reading a Facebook rant uh, to the to the people. Mm. <laughs> what is it me, about? From me for eight years ago. Me uh, ranting about. Mm. We were playing at E. B. Elliot's full band, and a guy comes in with his bass on his back and walks over to me and says, "Your bass player sucks. You should hire me." Oh. On the on the gig, and hmm. I was I I was really pissed at him about that. Really, really upset about the whole thing. So I was ranting about that. Wait, why? Why? Yeah, because he's saying my bass player sucks. It's you know, it's not a professional did thing he, to do. Did he suck? No, it oh. it was Bill. He was talking about oh, Bill. Oh, oh no. But it it doesn't matter if he's like, it's just not a professional thing to do. You don't go into somebody else's gig and try to steal it out from underneath them 
at the it, one thing to call me up the day after and said I was at your gig last night, man. The bass player wasn't really holding it down. I'm better than him. Maybe you should consider hiring me. That that would be a whole different thing. But to come up to me on the gig in the middle of a song and say your bass player sucks, you should get rid of him out and let me play. Hmm. You don't that's, think that's, that's unprofessional? That's ballsy. I don't ballsy? know. I, that that's how people get get anywhere in life. They just. They take wow, and... look at you, you backstabbing bitch. No. You would do that. So if a no. singer a singer was with the band, right? And she wasn't she was singing some flat notes or something, you'd go up to the uh to the band leader and say, Your singer sucks, get rid of her and hire me. I wouldn't do that. All I, right. That's why why wouldn't you do that? Ballsy. Why would you not do that? That's why I'm not that's why I'm not, you know, on on television. Because the people <laughs> the people who the people who take risks like that are the most successful. But, yeah. No, Bill's not a sucky bass player, but um No. I'm just hmm. a drop off, so the only thing that smells is me. <laughs> nice. I think she's drinking the same coffee I'm drinking this morning, which is definitely poisoned with some kind of toadstool mushroom or something. I don't know. I, well, that's because I, you complained to your wife that the coffee was weak. Last week, so now she put something in it. May- maybe she never did. Forget. Maybe she spiked my coffee to fuck with me today. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Should I call her? You know what? If I call her, she won't pick up. My wife never picks up if I call. Do you think I that's wouldn't right? either if I were your wife? I don't know. Yeah. Why? I wouldn't. Why? Because I don't. I, don't, I wouldn't want to hear you complain. What makes you think I'd be complaining? Maybe I'd be saying, honey, uh, what, what would you like for dinner tonight? I will get it for you. What would you, uh, maybe, I'm calling, maybe I'm calling to say, uh, I don't know, the family emergency. How could you not pick up when your husband calls? Is she working? Yeah. Well, that's why. That's She's not working. Why. No, when I, when I used to work, she would call and text me all fucking day and then be <laughs> she, it, her, her pet peeve was that I was short with her like she'd call and uh, I'd be in the middle of a business meeting she'd ask me what I want for dinner tonight I'd be like I, I can't it's 11 o'clock in the morning I'm in a business meeting I'm gonna be thinking about dinner tonight and that would piss her off like you're you know not a good husband mm. I'm venting yeah, I agree. about my marriage problems agree. you do you agree yeah what I should I should in the middle of a business meeting. Hold on, folks. I gotta uh, put you all everybody in the room. You just sit tight while I mm. discuss dinner tonight with my wife. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what I should have done. That would make me a good husband. Mm-hmm. Then I'm a dick because that doesn't sound like that doesn't I don't doesn't sound right to me. I, I'm wrong if that's the case. I want to I want to take a poll. Uh, how do I take a poll with this dumb? Dude? When your wife calls and asks you what you want for dinner. You have to be specific. You have to be specific. I want uh, pickled elephant tongues. Um, mm, delicious. Yeah. Pickled elephant tongues. Wow, that's that's out there. You must Mike, be. You must Mike be says that, but, but that makes her a good wife. But you, exactly. Uh, See, you're just I'm not unappreciative. Say, oh I didn't say it and appreciate it. All I said was. Uh, if I was short and say, I don't know, I can't think about it right now. I'm in a meeting. I'll call you back. That made me the bad guy. Well, if you said I'll call you back, that's that's, I always that's a call start. Back. I always call everybody back. I even call you back when I shouldn't. Mm. 
she may have to take something out of the freezer. Exactly. See, Mike knows. Mike, Mike is it. such a good wife. Such I tell a you, good I, guy. I, I, I would, <laughs> I would marry him in a heartbeat. Mm. I uh, could picture him in an apron, just waiting for you to come home. He's just, uh, he's just trying to get me to destroy the footage of him singing. Is what he's doing. Uh, anyway, um, For, Jamie oh. brought up brought up a story. He thought it had something to do with the abortion issue. It doesn't have anything to do with the abortion issue. A uh, girl, a young woman in California, had a stillbirth at eight months old, and the doctor called the police on her, and they charged her with murder. What? For having a stillborn, she was carrying the. It wasn't an attempted abortion or anything, but they found out that she was a meth addict. Uh, she had meth in her system, and that might have contributed to the baby's death. And they charged her with murder. Now, what what's your feeling on that? Before I tell you, because yeah, you didn't hear what I had to say about what what's your take on that? How do you know? Like the story is legit. Uh, well, I made it. Just a, sounds like it. Just sounds like something. I think that to was my first. Get everybody revved up, and that that was my first inclination. And then he sent me uh to where I could find it, and I I looked it up. I'll have to look it up too, because I I don't. Yeah. The doctor called uh, called the police, uh, saying that you know basically uh, they she wanted to charge with murder, and she was charged with murder. Uh, 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 Police showed up at her house with rifles pointed at her and dogs and the whole bit. Uh, but she was a meth addict. But, and I think that's I don't know. Wrong. Everybody always twists things. They, I don't, anything on the news, I have to look further into and see what's really happening because it's. How do you look further? The only way you can really know is to go there and, and go meet the people. You're not going to do that with every fucking story. I give it a day or two. Wait till she's on trial. Oh, wait till she gets to trial and see what really, you know, what really is going on. Well, it was on. a couple, a couple of years old. It wasn't recent. It was, it mm -hmm. was an older story. But he was, but he, uh, he was. It was related. an older story. Yeah. But isn't California like a liberal state? Yeah. So what? So they, so they allowed abortion. They don't anyway. know what, no, it wasn't about abortion. It had nothing to do with abortion. It had to do with the. He thought it was a, a an abortion related story. It had nothing to do with abortion. It was a, a stillbirth. She was planning on carrying the baby to, you know, term and, and giving uh, birth, and the baby died. It was a stillborn, and so the doctor, so she, the doctor was so upset by looking at the the the. the fetus well, right. that he called the police and wanted her charged and she was charged and I think my my take on that is a woman in that position needs compassion she just lost a fucking child I mean meth addict or not uh, she needs treatment for meth and all that stuff but you have to have some compassion See, this is a, if you ever know a woman who's had a, a stillbirth, it, it's a oh traumatic experience. It's a traumatic experience. You know, you don't come up and, char and stick guns in their faces and take them to jail. <laughs> I mean, uh, if meth addicts or not, it's just that you know, I think we're we're living in a world that forgets about compassion completely. Mm. Anyway, that was my take on it. Yeah. Oh wow. I see a bright light in the background down. Not you down in the uh, green room there. I, that's where. Travis would be, but uh, maybe he's not expecting to be on for another 13 minutes or so, because I told him 10 o'clock. Mm. Anyway, what's up with you today? You got good news? You got bad news? You got any news? <sighs> oh, wait, wait. 
Mike says he's been married 33 years. He knows the secret. Uh, first of all, years. I take wow. my bald my bald headed wig off to you. I actually have a full head of hair under this bald headed wig. Um, <laughs> thirty three years is incredible. How, how you could stay with anybody and not kill them in thirty three years is a is a fucking miracle. I would kill anybody in thirty three years. I'm ready to kill somebody together. in thirty three minutes. I, I love happy couples that just like like Mike and his wife always happy. No, they go they go home and plot each other's murder. No, they, they definitely don't. do. Do they? How else do you stay together? They he he looks at her and thinks, hmm, like a hot hit man, hit man that could poison her. I don't know how. Mm. And she look, she's looking at him and like, can't wait till he goes to sleep. I just fucking <laughs> blow <over his> face. <laughs> uh, that's that's a secret. That's a secret. Be nice in public and plot each other's murder. D two. It's about the drugs in the system that caused the baby's death. Yes, I know. I know that. That's that's exactly uh, what they what they were claiming. But right. um, that she was irresponsible and took listen, the drugs. To, get, and... to be a meth addict, you got to be fucked up in the head anyway. It's not. Mm. I can't understand why anybody, anyway, no matter how stupid you are, would try meth because it's not even. It doesn't even look like a fun drug. Anytime I've seen any examples of somebody on meth. It looks like hell. It looks like you've made yourself yeah. a fucking walking zombie. I saw a girl in an emergency room. She was handcuffed to a, a chair, but she was beating her head against the wall. She was trying to she was trying to kill herself even though she was handcuffed to a chair. That doesn't look like a fun it's I don't even call it a drug. It's like fucking doing antifreeze or bleach or something yeah. to get high. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. It's you know. So I, I, you know, that on that I think she needs some psychological help and and, and counseling and all that stuff as well. But so, uh, maybe I'm just not as full of judgment as everybody else. I don't know. I don't know. You're anyway, not as full. <laughs> I mean, as far as being compassionate towards that kind of stuff, I don't think somebody like that should be charged with a fucking with murder. Maybe a negligence or you know, um, being you know, whatever you know whatever a lesser charge than murder by far i'm and, not defending her but i'm just saying that when you're on drugs you do anything to get drugs i mean the crack babies too the crack babies that come out and they're they're craving they're going through withdrawals crack that's, baby, that's crack terrible baby. too yeah it's terrible is crack still a thing yes i don't oh my know gosh no i don't know i don't know yes, it I, is. I, I, you We're, never hear about uh, oh, you see it. I used to live in Copeg, and it was crazy. I was talking. Oh, I was talking no, I about don't it the hear other day. About, I'm old and uh, and out of touch, but I hear about heroin. I hear about meth. I it's, hear about ecstasy, Molly, whatever. But I don't prevalent. hear about crack as much ever anymore. Mm. I, th I thought that was like an '80s, '90s thing. And there was a crack uh, house on my block. So my block. Yeah, was really but how long, long ago? How long ago? Uh, I lived there in 2018, 19. And twenty, wow. uh, I lived there. Yeah, two thousand twenty, I moved out. But the my my block was long, right? And if you went towards, if you went one way, it was a nice neighborhood. If you went the other way, it was like crack house central. There was a crack house, crack house city. There's a crack house at the end of the block by the Seven Eleven, right? And there was just a bunch of crackheads living in there. And one night after, I didn't. I, we didn't have a show at Venetian. I was at Venetian. No, I was a Tanner listening to music, and I wanted to go get a Slurpee with the kids. So I went to 7-Eleven. It was like 
nine o'clock. It wasn't even late. And all the crackheads were in there. Because they I have walked a question. across the street. And the guy who's the, ma- who's the mayor of Crackhead City? Me. And then you, so you, I was getting <laughs> and I'm getting a slurpee for the kids. And this crackhead's behind me and he's screaming in my ear. He's like, Now wait a minute. Nah. Did you did you affirm that it was crack and not meth? How do you know the difference between how do you, did you how do you know they were crackheads? Okay, um, hmm, that's a good question. See, you were assumed, but, you, because no, it's part of your uh, bringing up, upbringing that that you knew it, about crackheads. But they don't have meth houses, right? Maybe they do. Well, they have meth houses. It's definitely a crack house. You know when someone's on crack. You know how they act when they're on crack. I don't. I. I've seen it way too often. Just, I I, uh, I don't think I've ever seen anyone on meth, to be honest, though. Oh, so, I definitely. I, it's not like as prevalent here as it is in the. But Midwest, you said they're right? zombies, right? Like. Yeah, they're fucking zombies. They yeah, definitely well, the are Walking Dead. Are a little more hyper than that. Right. Like itchy. Uh, yeah. Looks like uh, Travis is in the middle of like um, the brilliant Southwest Sun. Uh, I know he's, I, I believe he's in Vegas. He might be in, uh, I know he's out in that area, Pacific Coast time zone. Uh, but I'm kind of jealous of seeing that sun that's in the back. Now he's in front of it. I'm gonna, you want, are you ready to meet Travis Lipsky? Sure. I'm going to say this. And I've seen, you know, people have heard me say this for days now. But I've had comedians on here who really just beginning out and they have no websites and nothing, no information on the web. And I know nothing about them. Mm-hmm. Travis has been in a major, major, he's been in a motion picture that has uh, been well distributed with some, with some real production stuff. He's an independent filmmaker and a comedian. And I know, I, sh- I know less about him than I know about all those people who are, I don't want to call them nobodies. They're not nobodies, but they're, they have no information about themselves on the web. I know less about Travis than I know about them. I know him from Twitter, and I don't know when he's serious or when he's not serious or what he really cares about or what he really believes because he's, I think he's antagonistic or, or just looking to get a rise out of people. But we're going to find out. I, I look forward to meeting him and That's to find out who, who he really statement. is. Who is this tra- guy, Travis Lipke, and what's he, what's he really all about? Let's meet him now. Ladies and gentlemen, please uh, welcome into Coffee with the Dog, Travis Lipke. Travis, you there? Hey, uh, how's the volume on this? I'm, I'm, I haven't perfect. used this setup, so just want to make sure it's coming through. I don't want to have to hold it in front of me. Oh, no, that was fine, just where you were. Okay. All right. Good. Hey, uh, what's happening? Good morning. Uh, I, I'm digging that. You got an early morning sun to your back. You're like an outlaw ready to, to fight a, a last showdown with this. That's the way I've felt ever since I was born. My mom was going to actually name me Jesse James. So I would have been Jesse James Lipsky if <laughs> she had her way. Uh, my dad insisted on naming me after a hero. So I was named after, uh, William Barrett Travis, who died in the Alamo, of course. Um, wow. wow. So, but Jesse James would have fit me better. Uh, I, yeah, I think um, animal. Wild Bill Hickok was the guy who was most known for shootouts, though. So, and he was, you know, the son to the back type of deal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll try to but, keep the son out of here. 
Now, you, uh, like I, I mentioned in my little intro, I know almost <laughs> nothing about you, man. You, you're an enigma to me, and I don't know if that's intentional with you. Or do you like to be a man of mystery? Do you, are you uh, just trying to tweak people on Twitter, or well, are you serious about everything you write? Oh, well, no, I'm not serious about everything. Um, just like any other, uh, I don't think anybody on Twitter is that serious except for the Ragers. Um, but aren't, I thought you were uh, CIA or something. X. I worked for the CIA when I was a young man. Yeah, you don't have a, any access. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I never did. I was a courier, and basically, I w- it was a very menial. Lo- Here, take this from point A to point B. Don't open it. Don't look at it. Don't talk to anybody about it. Or is that, that your? Would- is it at your cover? How can we trust you? How can we yeah. trust anything an ex CIA yeah. employee says? That's true. Um, that's true. That is true. I didn't think true. about that. I just took your word for it, Matt. Well, <laughs> it, I, mostly I'm online too much to be doing anything. <laughs> I'm doing this. Constantly. I mean, I have a ton of I have a ton of shit uh, online. Um, Dog art I, films you have online, but uh, if I look up your name, I get a bunch of other Travis Lipkies. Huh, that's weird. I didn't know there were others. <laughs> yeah. uh, I should start a band or, yeah. uh, or a gang or something. Mm. Well, like, now oh. it's a bunch of Travis's. It's funny you should yeah. say I should start a band because uh, I think last night or the night before, I still have read access to Twitter, even though I'm in jail. You posted a picture in the recording studio. Are you a musician or songwriter? Uh, I'm not a musician at all. I've, uh, I dabble in the singing, songwriting. Um, but I can't play instrument. I'm trying to, uh, again, learn the guitar. Um, mm. so trying to learn some three chord, uh, songs, trying to learn three chords. Yeah. I did uh, that. You know what it's, you can learn the chords. It's a switching in between the chords. <laughs> That's the hard part. So well, basically, that, when playing. you're starting out, you got to not care. <laughs> this is what I was, uh, I re- if I'm thinking back to when I was seven years old and my, uh, the teacher told me, just go for it. And as you're moving around, sooner or later, the movement in between the chords will get it right. Will will come, you'll get closer and more accurate. But it's just getting that movement and not really caring too much. About yeah, right. well, that's, I mean, that's really the same for, anything at least for me it's the performative part in front of others that uh always kind of stifles me like i'm uh like we 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 set up a recording studio for my wife she's an actual trained singer songwriter uh Mm -hmm. she can sing anything um i can sing i can belt out songs i can do jerry lee lewis things like that you know um but I'm not a singer, but I would like to learn how to control my voice. Cause in moments, uh, in, in zones, I could, I can sing. Um, but I don't have any control of it. It's almost like I accidentally sound good sometimes. Uh, (laughs) It's like, you know, when you play pool and nobody's around and you're hitting the balls right in. And, uh, as soon as somebody stands there and watches you for a second, you're scratching. Yeah, I remember one time being on a diving board and I did like a a triple flip and and hit the water just perfect and everybody thought I was a really good diver and I could never <laughs> I could never reproduce that ever again like if yeah. I tried in a million years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, um but no, I'm in uh, Ukiah, California. And we, is that near the border or something of No, uh, no. We were we were we went to Las Vegas. We we 
hit Las Vegas on our way uh, to California. And we stayed there a few days at a really nice hotel. Uh, we stayed at the Trump International, actually. I have the water bottles to prove it because uh, they say Trump on them. Right. And I, I, it's a five-star hotel. There's no casino in it, which is what I, I liked. Um, it was five star. It was cheaper than the the La Quinta or the uh, Comfort Inn, which is a dive. Um, so it was, I mean, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. It was like less than a hundred bucks with valet parking. Um, That's unusual that they have no casino because you get five star hotels that if they have the casinos that will have rates like that. But they right. the reason they have those rates is because they want you to blow your money in the casino. So yeah, come on in. We'll we'll give you a great rate on the night. But you're gonna lose all your money anyway. You're gonna end up paying. Yeah, the nose. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was oddly uh, cheap. So we took them up on it, and uh, it was a nice place. And uh, there were racist people from all walks of life in there, from all around the world. It was amazing. There were uh, people from Pakistan, total racist. Um, <laughs> There are J Jamaican racists there. All the racists from all around the world were there at the Trump International, and we how all had you, a great time. How did you know they were all racists? You got it. You got together. Because they were at the Trump. Uh, it was. I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> oh. See, I'm this sorry, is what I, I mean. This is what I mean by because uh, 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 when I read this stuff on on Twitter, uh, I'm like, that's fucking funny. Is he I serious? Just, is he I, serious? <laughs> I think for the most part. I'm kind of established as a comedian, and yet I always feel like I'm the one taken literally when I post something. Right. Um, yeah. No, but, I, and and uh, your humor from, and again, I haven't seen you perform other than in the movie The Unbookables. Which, uh, which doesn't represent me. Right, um, I didn't think I would, and it's such a short sampling that... You can't really know somebody's material yeah. just well. They and they shot it in like 2010, so it was like 12 years ago, something like that. Actually, and after we did that, I dumped all that material, anyways. That, that was all the uh leftover angst of mother, father, uh, rebellious stuff that I was purging out, and um, so yeah, it's not even uh. You know, and I didn't even have really a style at that point. I'd only been doing comedy, I think, uh, five years or something in earnest. Yeah. So how did you uh, get involved with all the group that, and it's not a, you know, Inman likes to, uh, to talk about the unbookables like it's, a Monty, <laughs> like it's a Monty Python troupe, like they were, you know, established group that everybody should associate together. But how did you get yeah. involved in the film? Um, yeah, we can, we can touch on it, but yeah, Eman likes, Eman is like, uh, stuck in, like he peaked in the unbookables, I think in a way, or is, is, he feels like that's the key to everything is the unbookables. And if only Doug and everybody else would just understand, uh, that we just need to ride that unbookables wave to success <laughs> on every shore, um, that, yeah. um, and, uh, you know, yeah. but he did work hard to do it, whatever. But um, so I got involved just because of uh, being in Doug's orbit via Brett Erickson. Brett Erickson uh -huh. was the one that introduced me to Doug before I'd met Doug. 
Wow, guess. that's cool. Because Brett brought you up on the last issues with Andy. Uh, he was talking about a, a bit you had about nursing home stuff. And, and uh, it, it was pretty good. And I was like, I, I want to see that. Now, is it available online or any of that stuff? Brett is one of my uh, my favorite comedians out there. I know he's not like a, like a household name or anything, but the guy makes me laugh. It, it, I love the way on Twitter he fucks with somebody who's got the uh, moniker fact and he, he, yeah. he did, it seems to be he obsessed with like like bullying that fact guy in in a way that makes well he used to really revel in uh grammatical errors and pointing those out but you know with today's emoji use and nobody has uh any grammar manners anymore so he yeah it's uh, difficult it really is difficult. he's lost that um part of it uh, i've never laughed at anything brett said <laughs> 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 no. um, no, uh, Brett, I remember, you know, be honest with you, when I first started at the, um, I started the same club that I guess he started at in uh, Peoria, Illinois, and um, he didn't talk to me for like the first year or so, I'm going to say, um, I, wow. I guess, I, I guess because I was a newbie or something, but um and then I don't know. At some point, we hit it off, and then uh, next thing you know, we were doing gigs together, and I was opening for him. Um, so yeah, Brett and I uh, hung out a lot. Uh, um, are you still doing comedy now? Because the last time I saw you were going to do anything comedy related or comedy show was that thing in Kansas City that uh, turned out to be a non gig, I guess, with Inman, right? Yeah, it was the uh, it's the only paying non gig I've ever done, and I kind of <laughs> the feeling was nice in a way. It was nice that I well, at least I got paid for showing up, and there was that much respect happening, uh, mm. but. Uh, I would have rather done the show. I came, you know, I I prepared for a show. I spent uh, the day before on LSD writing new material for the show. And uh, then, um, so then, yeah, it was a big letdown. But, you know, that's why uh, you don't, you don't do a bunch of meth right before your 7-Eleven shift starts because uh, you Mm. may get called off. Right. And And then I'll be there. On meth. Yeah, I don't know if you heard be- right before you came on, but uh, I, I'm clueless about it. New York doesn't have the same kind of meth problem that the rest of the country has because we have more than enough heroin addicts yeah. and, and coke addicts. Uh, but it, meth stuff, uh, where you are, you, you know, big big problem out there? Um, I don't know. I, I don't really have a community because I move all the time. Um, so the longest I've been in a place for the last eight years, nine years, um, is about 18 months. Wow. wow. So I you. see it all over. Um, I, I, so you said it's not a problem there in New York, Well, you're, are you talking New York city or New York? Well, New York state, is, and I don't say it's not a problem. It's not as pronounced as the rest of the country because yeah. we, we, heroin is a much bigger. Yeah. I, I think, uh, heroin um the 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 heroin and meth are vying for first place in little towns all over america that's one of the things that uh i notice and even being up in colorado i'll be uh uh 20 miles outside of aspen and it looks like a fucking uh sanford and sons yard everywhere you go um (laughs) 
just in some really tweaky, sketchy people. Uh, there's a lot of uh, just rundown little towns that are just uh, full of some drug addicted people. And wow. it's a, uh, it's weird. It's everywhere. I, I never get why. I mean, I can understand the lore of a lot of drugs, but meth is again, it doesn't seem like it's even a drug to me. It seems like it's antifreeze that cut hard or something. And you're going to fucking put that in your system. <laughs> like well, what? I did meth for the, we didn't, it, it wasn't called meth. It was called crank and bikers dealt it. And the first time I did it, I was probably 15. Um, I was kind of hanging around pseudo working at a, a dirt car lot on the corner for a bald guy who wore a wig and he stood about four foot 10 and cowboy boots. Uh, Walt Collins was his name. And, uh, <laughs> That's a funny yeah, picture, it, right? It's there. you know, and yeah, it's more funny than I can describe. Um, yeah, the, it was a great, <laughs> great time in my life. But there was a mechanic who could work on diesels. Um, There's a bunch of diesels that were cranked out in like the late '70s, early '80s, because of the uh, fuel crisis or whatever, and diesel was cheaper or some maybe. Um, they were cranking out these Oldsmobiles with diesel engines. And uh, they were shit because they uh, they broke down and nobody knew how to work on them. Um, but he hired this uh, biker um, and uh, biker Dave. It's always something like that, right? Um, <laughs> so they hired he hired this biker mechanic. That guy knew diesels inside now, and, and so he went around to all the auctions, bought up all these diesel cars, and then he sold them to Mexicans on you know a payment plan, um, and then. They would not keep up with the payments, and uh, they, he would hire 15-year-olds to go uh, repossess them, um, oh. and that was one of my jobs. Holy uh, shit. Or there. <laughs> what yeah. a fucking story, man. This is a movie in itself right here. But, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was funny because they, they pretty much they knew the game. They knew if they showed up with a down payment, you know, they were pretty much paying for most of the car at the down payment, to be honest right. with you. And yeah. uh, so that's the that's the hook with all these dirt car lots. Um, they uh, they inflate the price to three times what they got into it. And uh, your down payment secures a big chunk. of It's usually what they've got into it is your down payment. And then everything else is just paying for um, the lot. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, they would come in and... Um, you knew you were never going to see those guys again and until you're sneaking through their yard or something and <laughs> wow, pushing it out of the garage. Um, it wasn't just Mexicans either. It was all sorts of people. There was, uh, there was this, uh, small time, uh, little snotty, uh, rich kid, not little, he was actually pretty muscular, uh, but rich kid, um, that went down there and he bought a Corvette off a wall. It was like, a 77, corvette stingray or something like that they had the real uh curvy body on it you know what yeah. i mean yeah yeah and it was kind of a piece of shit but it was fun to drive and uh he he bought that and on payments and then stopped making payments and just thumbed his nose he'd like haul ass by the car lot he lived right up around the corner <laughs> it was just weird I love that. so fuck you i'm not paying right <laughs> <laughs> well, one day he's he's we're, we're gonna go repossess it me and big bob and the big bob's the driver and i'm the stealer and 
we pull up, he's at his parents' house and uh, they have a really nice house and they're having like a big barbecue pool party. And uh, so I, you couldn't hear shit. I just backed it down the driveway. It was parked on a steep driveway, just coasted all the way down. I could have coasted the rest of the way down around the hill, but I wanted to start it up so he could hear it and rev it up. <laughs> and uh, which I, you know, I did obviously. And uh, then he came flying around and uh, uh, down the car lot. It was, uh, it was, it was crazy times, but really it, uh, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like a young, a good adventure for a young yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, imagine being a fifteen-year-old boy and, and right, getting yeah. to do all this crazy shit. I mean, I was stealing cars and getting paid very little, but I was getting paid, and I was stealing cars before that and not getting paid. So it was definitely a, a move up in the world. Oh yeah, and I wouldn't it. say I was stealing cars like uh, I took them to a chop shop. I was right. wheeling and dealing. I would get fall down drunk be stuck on the far end of town and uh i used to steal bicycles to get back across town and then one day it occurred to me i could just steal a car and not have to pedal so much wow. and um and so <laughs> i would a lot of cars were easy to hotwire then um and so uh i would or sometimes people would leave their keys in it i mean yeah uh, People left their cars unlocked. Uh, there wasn't all these power locks and all that crap, you know. So people uh, don't want to go around hit every lock on the fucking car, and um, so yeah, I used to uh, do that all the time. And I just take it somewhere to where I need to go, and then I leave it. So um, I <laughs> borrowed. I borrowed. There's cars. no money Un in that. Unauthorized <laughs> borrowing is what yeah, I was into. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? Those people, you yeah. always, uh, when they get their car back, it's always an adventure. Like, what did he do in this car? <laughs> well, it's true, you know. And then you, you wonder, oh, gee, is there a karmic debt for this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and there was. There was, there was a, a, a point where I hit the wall or the telephone <laughs> pole. Um, but, you know, wow. it paid for all my sins. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was a... Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, I never thought for a minute. I mean, now if that happened to me, I wake up, my fucking car's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that that could fuck up your day. And uh, plus, uh, <clears throat> happened to me issues. once. Happened to me once. I had uh, somebody steal my car. It was years and years ago, yeah. and I didn't. I didn't even care. The car was such a piece of shit. <laughs> I just said, you know what? Just de declare it stolen and, and get another one. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I started uh, working for the things I had. Um, and then, um, shit, something I had, I had a toolbox stolen from me, had a lot of nice tools in it. Um, and, uh, but I didn't get mad because I just, I already knew I was like, I owe all this shit. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I, how too. can I get, uh, really pissed off? So I just yeah. moved on, bought yeah. more shit. You know, I, I was extremely jealous of you, and I don't know if this is still the case, and I don't know if I fucking imagined it at this point. But <laughs> I can't uh, imagine someone being jealous of me. Well, I, I around that time that the Kansas City non-show that you got paid for, it looked like you had a studio on wheels with a stage built on the back of it. Do I am I remembering that correctly? Oh yeah, that's yes. fucking hot, man. That's that's. 
That's my dream is to be able to pull up anywhere and just do a show. Kiara and I did a show in a parking lot the other night. That yeah. would have been much more preferred just to be able oh, to pull yeah, up. Well, you should have bought it. I just sold it. Oh, um, really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I set it up for. And it didn't get much use, but we did. Uh, there was a recording uh, set up inside so that she could record her music. Um, wow. And a stage on the back of it. It's not like a, a stage, stage on the back. Of it. So it was all wired for sound. I also did my video editing in there. That was all set up. Um, I had a desktop computer that Inman actually built for me. Oh, boy. It's kind of a piece of shit. But uh, <laughs> it's doing the job right you now. You don't even know computers, man. I, I can build a computer for you and then it won't work. <laughs> uh Jim has a, a gift for uh, <laughs> pretending that everyone else is a dumb shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but every time he he came on the program or other programs that I, I got him on, he always had technical issues. I like, who thought you were the computer guy? You're the one guy who has problems hooking up streaming. I know, God. <laughs> I know, man. It's, 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 it's fucking... <laughs> obsoletist shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Kiara has not met uh, Inman, but she wants me to to get him back on the program. He, we're not speaking. He's got me blocked. I got him blocked. Whatever. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so I can't get him back on the program. I don't. I don't think I, I'm ready for that anyway. He's oh, really. Yeah. He's really an intense guy. Yeah, really, uh, very intense. Uh, so, but with with that, so you just sold it because that to me that was um, that's my. Uh, I would love that. I will. I, I don't know. But I, to me, that's the life I want is to be able to just to go. Oh, and, I and had sell. a much bigger, more ambitious idea uh, years ago, and I, I, I still would love to do it. It'll probably never happen. I wanted to just uh, have a, a band of people um, going around doing uh, vaudeville on the road. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so I all that. I mean, I mean, literal vaudeville, you know, could be animal acts, whatever. Um, yeah. And, jugglers uh, yeah <laughs> set up a show you know arrive in a town and then you know uh 24 36 hours before the show be uh out getting the word spread around obviously using uh social media and uh just doing shows and then going to another town uh so stand-up comedy singing dancing magic all of it whoever wanted to do it uh it's just hard to get people to <laughs> shit like yeah, that. And, and those uh, different kind of acts are few and far between. Now I'm sure they're out there, but I don't get, I don't, I'm not exposed to them that much. I don't know where they hide. But those kind of unusual acts that America's got talent finds, I guess now. That's yeah, what, that's I, th I mean, I think it'd be a really great idea, but I could see uh, that uh, at one point I would just hate it, and uh, but I think <laughs> I, I would never regret doing it. You get bored easy with with what you're doing. Uh, well, not bored, um, <laughs> frustrated in some ways. Uh, I don't know. And some well, sometimes you do something you think's a great idea, um, like the Unbookables, and uh, you think it's a great idea at the time. And then, uh, well, I th I thought doing stand up comedy was a great idea at the time. As a uh, filmmaker, I started. As a filmmaker, do you you think or do you know? I would say no. 
that you could have done a better job with the idea of the unbookables? Now, I'm not asking you to trash the film, but um, I think as a filmmaker, no, I, think I mean, I, uh, could I've done better with the footage? I, the, I don't know. Oh, no, just told a better story with it because it doesn't seem to have much of a narrative. It's well, like, there's not really a narrative, that's the whole thing. It's, it's not unique, it's just a, a bunch of 40 year olds who just don't get it, you know? Yeah, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, uh, it's, uh, we're just drunk being fucking idiots on the road. It's, I, I don't, uh, try to get people to watch it. Yeah, it's, I know. it's, I know. it's a double edged sword. What, what one edge is a butter knife and the <laughs> other edge is a, a razor blade. And the razor blade isn't the good side. <laughs> Um, yeah. so while I still own up to it and hope that it would, you know, maybe it'll help me get a gig yeah, or something, but I don't find that's the experience. Uh, Hey, I was in the, the unbookables. What the right. fuck is that? Who cares? Yeah. Uh, so tell me about filmmaking though, man. Dog art filmmaking. Film. Okay. So let me, I, I started on the stand up comedy. Here's what I meant about the stand up comedy. Um, I I fell into it. There was an open mic. I went to it, and I was like, "Fuck, I'm funnier than that guy." And uh, so I went to the 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 uh, MC Lenny. He announced um, an open mic, and I was like, "Oh, how, how much does that cost?" He goes, "It's free." I go, "What? I can just come here and get on stage and say whatever I want?" Uh, and he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> so I fucking I did it and it went well and then uh so obviously I was hooked and then I thought well if I could just be a feature act that would be the best you know then I've made it you know get paid I'll open up for the comedian and that's what I worked towards and I got that and then I was like ah that wasn't that great what if I could headline if I could headline if I could just headline a show that would be the best thing in the world and I headlined a few shows and then I was doing stuff on the road and uh, doing uh, those like, I don't know, Wednesday through Sunday or Thursday through Sunday. It, there were a lot of days there and doing uh, a early show and a late show. And um, I hated it. I did not enjoy it. I'm, but that's who I was at the time. Would I like it now? I don't know. Probably still not. I just don't. I can't make it fresh for you at 1030 after I just went through it at 8. Right. Um, yeah. So I've got to do a different set, which means then you got to try to, you know, cram another uh, set into your head. Um, and so I drove. I didn't have any fun in between time. I had fun on stage. Um for sure. But in between time was just fucking nerve wracking. Yeah, um, I, I was, that. I was writing, going through, I, I carried around, I, I carried, I had like a briefcase of all my notebooks. And then in the room, I would just go to my room and it, the shit would be everywhere and I'd be taping it to walls and I'd be like, you gotta do it. You got two sets tonight. We gotta get two different sets. You know, it's fucking, um, just drive myself nuts. Um, but, when I did, I first shot a trailer, I wrote a script and then I thought I'll shoot the trailer for the script and then the world will beg me to make the movie. 
And um, <laughs> so I, I got some other comedians to be the actors. I actually hired uh, like a, a guy that was working for the local news station and he, uh, he worked camera and his girlfriend worked sound and, uh, and I shot some scenes and edited it. Um, and I was pretty interested in pursuing that, but then fast forward a, a couple years or so, um, I was in Seattle. I was shooting a TV pilot that I had written and produced and uh, with um, Jeff, the uh, unbookables, unbookables director. And people asked me, why, why, why would you make that with Jeff? And I said, nobody else gave a fuck. Um, <laughs> no one else wanted to do it. He thought it was a good idea. And so we did it. And I produced it. I tracked down like a, this 76 Camaro, talked the guy into letting me uh, borrow it for nothing. Um, and uh, I you know, kind of, I kind of produced most of it and um, cast it and, and then we shot it. And the only problem with it is I was one of the actors in it. Oh. I was the main character. And I didn't want to be, but we just never found a guy because we weren't paying for actors. And uh, but what I discovered is the process of doing that is that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. That's really? the thing that. Um, and by then, I had already shot some stuff and edited. But what I liked about the 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 process is so unique to filmmaking because you, you start out with the idea. And then it changes in the script and then it changes in the different versions of the script. Then you hire, uh, well, you start doing pre-production, you start casting and then you're like, I like this guy for this. Or you're like, or you, you think it's one way and then you cast somebody and you go, you know what? I can tailor this to him and it's going to be a much better character. Uh, the whole thing just keeps evolving. And then you're in the actual shooting of it and you're doing the, the takes um and you know whatever comes up um obstacles in the way you can't shoot or something um this scene um you, now you got to do it a different way and you got to figure it out right then because people are standing around getting paid to shoot and even if they're not getting paid you know you're you're um you're there on a mission to shoot these scenes to get this thing done and, and then you get it in the can and then you're in the edit room and it's, it's evolving in the edit room um, just as much as any other part of it. And you get to the end of it when you're finally done and then, uh, and then you do something creatively new. You don't, right. you don't go, okay, for my next movie, I'm going to do the same exact movie. Um, and I'm going to hit all the same beats. And that was the thing I realized that I will always probably do stand-up comedy, but it's never going to be the thing that I'm um, driven to do. Um, and I wasn't driven to. Like if I, I did stand-up comedy in Peoria for over 12 years probably, and uh, I mean overall 15 to 20 years, but actually living in – if I didn't live in that town – I wouldn't have drove there to do stand up. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a 10 minute drive from my house. 
Um, you know, so I definitely didn't have that uh, passion. Like I got to be on stage no matter what. And, you know, you know, hit every open mic in the 250 mile radius. Um, yeah. So filmmaking is the thing for me. I've always been a writer um, and there's nothing more re rewarding, I think, than uh, writing a script, uh, producing it and uh, having actors perform the script. And it's good. And well, I guess uh, the validation you get from stand up comedy is different with film. But when you cast something and you cast quality actors and they're willing to work at a rate that uh, is, you know, sub par um 150 uh, like our last film the highest i i paid per day was 400 a day well yeah but this is a guy that was on uh major studio films he was punching paul rudd in the face in a uh the movie ant-man so uh, he was on hbo's ballers um you know and not as like a background actor, you know? Right. Right. So, um, he, yeah, he did a lot of stuff. He just, uh, got done doing, or, uh, I don't know if he's still doing it. There's the rock has a join. Johnson has a TV show about his. I'm so childhood fucking cool. I don't, with, I don't with, know. With pop culture. I wouldn't know. You could tell so, me anything. And I would, think you know, yeah. it was, well, it was, an, it was <laughs> great to have people come on do it for less than they normally would because on the strength of the material and that they got, they also don't always get the opportunity to do the kind of things that I write. I write like it's a feature film. I can't write, um, you know, uh, teenagers in a house getting scared, uh, right. yeah, you yeah. know, or out in the woods or shit. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I like a lot of things going on in a movie. I like a Tarantino movie or, uh, um, well, any major, you know, good movie, Goodfellas, you know, I like big movies and a lot of moving parts in it. And, um, so that's what I always write. And so I, I write these parts that would look really good on their reel. And, uh, so I think that's how I, was able to snag so many good actors. The reel you have looks really impressive. Uh, Look-wise, cinematically-wise, uh, I'm impressed with it. Of course, I haven't seen the full stories on, on, on any of the films, so I, I don't can't comment on that. But the look of, of the reel that you put out really is impressive, and, and congratulations. Well, I think uh, most of it, um, most of what I put out as a finished product is cinematic. It's missing uh key things like uh recognizable faces um which does a lot for you um copyrighted music which helps set Definitely. emotional tone but i think that's a crutch for a lot of filmmakers oh you know? yeah <laughs> yeah and i you know it's one of well i love editing the music and so a lot of the time is spent uh researching the free music archive um it, the music isn't free per se, but it, the, the archive is free. And there's just tons of independent artists from around the world on there. And you can spend a lot of time going through um, all the music that's on there and go and you'll hear a lot of garbage. But you just click on the next one, click on the next one. But I found a lot of really good music that I've used in all my projects. 
and people are always like, oh, the soundtrack was so good. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. But I look at like a Scorsese film like Goodfellas, and I'm, and people rave about Goodfellas, and I do think it was a great movie. But I think if you took out all of the pop music that w- w- was really instrumental in making that film what it was, and play and replaced it with uh, independent rock stuff, you'd have a much lesser, a less less popular movie. A lot of people wouldn't be as gaga about it as they uh, I I have to argue against that. I think the no. cinematography and the acting. Uh, it was a good this, film. It was a good take out take out the piano solo from Layla as Frankie uh, Cordon was hanging in the meat truck and replace it with um, um, one of my songs and, and take a look at it and say eh, it's not the same thing. Well, you could say it's not the same thing, but you don't have the benefit of not knowing what it was the other way. Right, that's true. But um, I know I know when when they produced it, Scorsese was was all over the script saying, write down uh you know, um oh, yeah. trying mean, to be a love. He's here, a very it? methodical filmmaker for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um but I don't I also don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, ev- everybody's trying to elicit emotion from everybody, even if you're just at the fucking grocery store and you're putting on your fake. I, I agree. Uh, I don't think there's anything manners. wrong with it. But what I'm saying for an independent filmmaker, you don't have that luxury of uh, contracting all that because there's a lot of a lot of fees on music if you if you compile all those songs. Oh yeah, you know. yeah. I looked I looked into a couple of things early on. You know, being uh, new and having no idea, and, right? Uh, and yeah. You end up spending more on the music than you do on the actors, the film, the editing, all of that. Yeah, I ne- I never spent any money on music. I I found good music. Uh, a lot of times, um, it's music that they put out seven, eight, ten years ago. Um, I found a really unique piece that was part eight bit, eight eight bit. Um, digital music some guy over in europe who's pretty popular at raves or something um uh but he did a piece that was real jazzy too it had a lot of saxophone and then a lot of uh uh weird kind of um that just all worked together and really helped uh sell the gang stalking um short film i did um it just really worked with the weirdness of the project but a lot of times music will guide my cut um so yeah i if i could use uh a famous song i for sure would and i don't to me i don't care if somebody's purposely putting it in to elicit that emotion i don't think there's anything wrong with it um it just uh it's like putting anything else on film and you use all the tools you can but that's what that's why i want to make uh, films. I want to uh, manipulate your emotions in a way. I don't, you know, not in a sinister way, but I want you to laugh at the course, funny yeah, things I, I wrote, um, the way the actor said the things that I wrote, um, or, you know, or even if he's inspired and riffs off of that into improv, um, and it's funny and people laugh. I wrote it to make you laugh. Um, I'm not going to lie. And uh, so when I choose music, I'm trying to, if it elicits an emotion in me, if I'm like, fuck, this is a really good song, uh, or this would be perfect for it. When I found the piece for the real, um, I'd gone through uh, 87 of these guys, this one particular artist's songs. 
but I, when I hit on that one immediately, I knew I was like, Oh, that's great. That's a great cinematic reel, um, piece of music. And, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I get, I get, I definitely understand that. And uh, along those lines, the difference between people appreciating your work online when you're a filmmaker and the old fashioned way, like directors used to, uh, when they'd have their screening, stand in the back of a theater and, and, and see those people's reactions. Have you had that experience of, of doing a screening and, and being able to uh-huh. see, see Alyssa, your, your, the emotion you were trying to elicit with that piece of film actually right. work. Well, yeah. And what I did was I was in LA, I was working on films like everybody does um, for free, uh, 12, 15 hour days. I just, I wanted to learn. So, I mean, that's why people do it. They want to learn or, well, a lot of people want to try to latch on to somebody, but um, I, I wanted to learn how to talk, how to communicate, how to run a, uh, uh, film set not a commercial not some fucking um kid video thing you know but like an actual film set or you know use all the the lingo all the nomenclature all that um and so i I got lucky one of the first ones i worked on i got to assist in almost all the departments um so i got to be just the guy uh, with the coffee or just the guy keeping the doors shut, uh, or just the guy yelling quiet around the set or then helping, uh, set up for shots, uh, did some art department work, um, got to be in the room, uh, while they were shooting the scenes. Uh, the, the first one I did, it was actually, uh, it was Jason London, who's famous for being in dazed and confused. Um, and Monty Markham, and he must have been uh, no, Monty Markham. Okay, he would did all those disaster movies in like the eighties, the early eighties yeah. or late seventies. And then he uh, also, um, like you know, he would be one of those actors that was do one episode of Murder She Wrote, and then the Rockford Files, and all that. And uh, so you knew who he was just by his face. And uh, he's a real nice guy. It was just uh, fun to uh, hang out and. Uh, and watch the whole thing go down. And, um, so I had fun doing that. I got sidetracked. Sorry. And, uh, so anyway, I decided if I stay in LA, it's going to take me 10 years, uh, if not more to make, uh, a film. I wanted to do a film and, uh, I wanted to do a, a feature length film. So I wanted to find out how bad I really wanted to do it. Do I want to make a movie? Or do I just want to, you know, it, um, there's a difference. And so I set a date uh, to leave L.A., go back to Peoria, Illinois, where I knew I could get all of my uh, locations for next to nothing or probably nothing. And um, and I set a, a budget for 15 grand. No idea how I was going to get the money. I wasn't working because uh, I was working on films. And, um, so I started casting, I cast from Chicago and St. Louis, uh, via email videotapes. And, um, I, I cast the whole thing When I got to Peoria. I was shy about $11,000 of the 15. 
and I already spent three grand on it in pre-production. I rented a house to put the cast and crew that were from out of town in. Some some I had to put in a hotel, uh, set all that up. And then uh, about four days before we started shooting, I got eight grand. And um, and then we were in, in the money and started shooting. I went back, got a couple more grand. And um, we shot the majority of those. Um, so, uh, what was the question? <laughs> I, 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 I got me forgetting now. <laughs> so anyway, so we, we, we shot this whole thing. The important part for me was, uh, that we have good acting, good right. actors. And, right. um, all the ones I paid for were good. Uh, so is that the, the money, is that the, the biggest challenge that you face in being an independent filmmaker? Uh -huh. Yeah, <laughs> that's an that's the biggest. There's part no of it. other. There's no other challenge to me in filmmaking because, um, like, uh, we were sh we shot a film in Santa Cruz, um, and I needed a location for the next day. I stop in a, a motel. They got a pool like I needed. We we're shooting the scene around a pool, um, and so I just go in and I talk to the owners. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm leaving and I've got a location locked for the next day. Um, that's, that's just fun work. Um, right. But I got to ask you this because you say that's the only challenge. I have a friend who's, who's doing something and his biggest challenge is the cinematography. Like he knows what he wants to shoot, but to get it on film the way he sees it in his head is a challenge for him. And I know that's true. And so I've always encouraged him to work with a professional cinematographer, somebody who knows how to how to shoot and you can explain your idea to him. Now, are you in charge of all the cinematography? Are you working with somebody? Um, I, sh I shot like 75, 80% of the first one. I did hire a camera guy. Uh, I would pay him at the end of the night. And then he got sick the next day. Um, he was, had some drug issues. Uh, so he'd, he'd show up the next day and he was he just wasn't worth a shit. So I said, just leave your gear and um, I'll shoot it. Um, and that's the way I ended up shooting most of it. I actually, I hired a cinematographer for my first one. Cause I was like, I'm doing it right. And I'm getting a, I'm getting a camera. I'm getting a cinematographer. I had to say cinematographer every time. I couldn't just right, say yeah. cameraman. You can't just say cameraman. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to get a cinematographer and I'm going to get it. Uh, and he's got to have a red camera. Like I thought the red camera, you know, everybody was, uh, you got to have the red, you got to have the red. Um, so I got this guy out of St. Louis and he had a decent website. He didn't really have much of a reel, but I'm like, he's got the red camera. He calls himself a cinematographer. And uh, so I brought him up there. He's staying in the house with us. And I had to fire him after the first day of shooting. He was, he didn't know how to use the red camera. It was the first edition, I think red camera. And uh, it was clunky it would just uh, short circuit. Um, he he knocked it off of the dolly. Uh, he was just fumbling around, being nervous. And uh, oh and the, the main thing for me though that really made me mad is he showed up. Uh, we I want to shoot as wide as possible. That's the way cinema is shot is in a wide lens. Right. And um, he said, "Oh yeah, I got it." He goes, "I'm going to go to the house." The uh, 
and uh, get the, uh, the, uh, the rental house and get the lenses for it. Well, then he shows up and he says, on the day, and he's been locked in for at least a month. And uh, on the day, he says, oh, yeah, I got to use these Nikons. And um, he goes, it's going gonna, it's gonna to crop it a little bit. So he puts it on the camera. And now I have this, uh, I have a third of the image that I want. Yeah. Um, and I was like, holy fuck. So we got to have the camera so far back, which changes all the lighting. You know, I had dressed sets, painted walls, um, moved in all the furniture. And I had planned for a white using my camera um, on my phone. I could kind of plan my shots that way. That's about what it's going to look like on a wide lens. And so now I had this really cropped image close in. And um, so those, those things together. Uh, and so I looked at the footage the next morning. I said, let me see this footage. And he couldn't even show me the footage because um, he didn't bring because uh, uh, red cameras have uh, their own codec. Right. And so you can't just plug it into your laptop and watch it. Uh, so I had to go through whatever I had to go through. You had to get an HDMI ca cable from the camera to a monitor or something. To yeah, watch. I think that's what it was. Yeah. So I'm watching the footage and uh, the outside night footage. I mean, we shot until 2 a.m. Um, and that wasn't good it didn't look good. And, um, I fired him and we were shooting that day at four o'clock. I fired him in the morning. I consulted with a couple of the, you know, actors that I trusted and they were like, well, maybe give him a chance, but go with your gut. And I said, well, all right, I'm going to fire him. And, uh, good so I Did went, I bought, I bought a $600 <laughs> Canon at Best Buy. And then I bought a $400 uh, Rokinon CineLens 35 millimeter um, from some kids off of Craigslist. I met them at the McDonald's to do the deal. And um, drug deal. And then I was back in business. And I, uh, the, there was a film, every, every city has like a film commission. It's usually somebody who was associated with filmmaking at some point. And, and so now they try to get kind of help support things locally. And uh, so I ended up um, with this guy sending me a camera dolly, a professional camera dolly. Wow. Um, and I got a, a jib, a 12 foot jib. Um, so you get those like crane shots panning down from the rooftop. You can push in. Um, and well, you gotta so know how to work those things. We have to say goodbye to Govs really quickly, and then I'll oh leave yeah, you. Uh, bye, Governors. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye, <laughs> hey, <laughs> I thought you were on mute. You've been so quiet over there. Uh, I've, yeah. been, I've been running the show. I've been uh, running my mouth. Yeah, but you know what? You said some really cool things in there, and uh, I think a lot because I have lots of independent filmmakers on. I think one of the problems with a lot of people who are getting into ind independent film is they think they concentrate so much on the equipment. If I only have like the greatest equipment, I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to shoot this movie. It's not about the equipment. It never is. It's about knowing how to get the shots, how to use the equipment. But you don't right. need it. you don't need and it. And that's that that was the point I was slowly getting to was the uh that uh well I mean I knew initially like if I have the actors 
saying the right things. That's the most important part. Um, and, and I didn't make cinematographer the biggest part of my budget either. You know, I, I had a set amount I was willing to pay. And then I did in the back of my mind, always think that I could shoot it. And just based on the experience I already had, but I wanted to direct and you can't as effectively do both. But yeah. also if you don't have a, a good, uh, a guy that you're able to communicate things to, um, or is, or is just not up to the task, um, which was the situation there, then, uh, you gotta, you gotta change it. You're just going to ruin the whole film. Um, and so, yeah, and but that's when I, you know, became like an evangelist when I would talk to people in the future. I said, like, you're, I, I see the stuff you shoot on the red camera and it's beautiful, but it's boring as fuck. Mm, it's yeah. badly acted. The sound design is shit. Um, I, and I was like, all we need is uh, a decent image, uh, good sound and great acting. Yeah, great mm -hmm. acting. Now, I want to talk to you about that because as a director, I get most of – I'm not saying I'm a director. As a director's role, a lot of people think uh, that the director's role is really that of an acting coach, telling people how to deliver their lines and all this stuff. How much of that do you get – do you do? Or do you just hire good actors and then trust them? Well, or do you get really um, micromanaging? No, say this line this way. Yeah, um, if you're a writer director, you're going to coach the actors as much as you can. Um, but you, you also you can't get something. You got to have the right person to to match it or tailor it before the shoot because if uh, some you can't just get something they're not capable of doing. Um, so that's the key part. But yeah, for sure, I would slip into. Um, the character myself and be like, uh, let's, let's do it like this and, um, give this a try. And, but, uh, I always let them, so th they'll audition. I'll watch the tape. I won't listen to it. I'll watch it with the sound off and I can tell with the sound off whether or not they're an actor. And then, and then I'll turn the sound on, but I, you know, unless just to make sure they don't have a squeaky voice or something. Um, but that's, that's when you can tell who's an actor. You don't have to even hear them. Um, and then from there, yeah, it's, uh, most sure. actors are, are, they almost bend over backwards to do it differently, differently, how, however you want it. And, uh, I'm like, how do you want it? How have you been rehearsing it? Let's do that. So I don't give them instructions on the first take ever. Um, mm. just cause I don't want to fuck. They may have something brilliant. And I don't want to fucking put a broomstick in the front wheel of the bicycle at that point. Yeah. Um, and, you know, <laughs> so I'll maybe put it in the back wheel to slow him down if uh, it's not going away. I think it should. But uh, I think it's to, like, try to preempt whatever the actor has been building up until that moment, you know, the first take of the first day. Um, I think you're shooting yourself in the foot. Um, and I've, I've had a... Uh, a lot of first takes that I've kept. Uh, yeah, well, on that, let me ask you this, because there's a philosophy about, and again, I talk to so many independent filmmakers, I'm surprised about how many how many actual independent filmmakers I have on the evening show. But there are two different philosophies about this. Either 
there's two schools of thought. One is shoot what you're going to use and know that you got a good take or just massively shoot and then pick your takes in the edit. I think picking overshooting and, and, and burdening yourself with, with the idea of finding the right take in editing could be like, it, it makes your life really miserable from my perspective as an editor. I don't want too much to, to shoot, uh, too many takes to choose from. What is your, your philosophy on that? I'm, I'm usually three and done. Uh, three takes that's a good one nobody else has come up with that that and i've I've talked to hundreds none of them have ever that's a great philosophy i think three three good ones and to choose from is a that's a wonderful that's that's a great yeah you know and you know so the only thing you'll 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 have sometimes extra takes you know when my a lot of my all my stuff's dialogue heavy um so um and when you go in for uh some close-up shots or um, whatever, then you'll, you'll have those. But as far as the master shot, you know, uh, I usually do one master, um, you know, the wide shot. And, and then I'll, I'll do uh, three takes on a, a medium, three takes on a medium close, and then we'll uh, do three takes on a close-up. Um, and then, you know, hopefully I've remembered to, you know, this was earlier on, you know, before I had a shot list, it was just all in my head. Um, you do the inserts and the B roll um, to help you in the. Are you edit. are you usually on that pre production planning and all that stuff? I'm not a. I'm. Uh, I don't have all the gadgets. I, you know, like I I know they were doing uh, the script su- supervisor had this elaborate software program on this huge tablet. And uh, they were able to do a lot of things that I don't understand. I'm not tech heavy. I want to work with people who do know that stuff. So I know just enough to get by. So like it probably takes me longer to uh, get set up, like as far as uh, figuring out my shot list. Um, But yeah, I do. Pre-production should be, twice as long as production wow. and if, if you're especially uh in independent films right. low budget ultra low budget micro budget anything that you're shooting without professionals you should spend twice as much time as you did shooting it so if you spend a, a week shooting it i mean i think you should spend a month um preparing for it if wow. you if you if you're trying to make something cinematic you're trying yeah, to make a yeah. TikTok video. Yeah. But if you're, I, I'm only interested really in film. I do like um, uh, music videos also. Um, but I, I, I'm interested in the stories. So what I'm going for every time is as close to a studio look product at the end. So I have moments that in the projects I've done, they're very cinematic. Um, the acting is solid all the way through. It just doesn't make the cut. I just, right. I, I'll change the story. I'll have an incomplete. Um, I'm not worried about holding people's hand and telling the story all the way through. So everything makes fucking sense to you um, and has a beginning and a middle and an end. I'm okay with things being open, incomplete. I just want to put the best of what I have out there 
and then you know leave the rest cool um do you have anything that you're in the works now or uh that that you want to let people know about um well not really well okay so i have kind of hesitant without um um, I'm working on producing 9-11, the musical, and I'm just in the early, early, early stages of that. Although it's, it's been, see, the shaking of the head there is a problem I'm going to run up against. And, um, but it is, it is in no way, obviously, um, making fun of people who die. Um, but what it is, it's a satirical Broadway musical of the Bush administration and, you know, the CIA, FBI, uh, the whole thing, you know, yeah. all the key players in, in 9-11. And, um, I'm sure you'll commit suicide before that happens. I, I would, I understand your reluctance to say that because you know what, maybe I, it's just me, but that's such a good idea. I wouldn't want anybody else to get on it now before you have a chance. Well, to make I have it. three projects. Here, here's my strategy. Uh, can I call you dog? Um, yes. <laughs> and I want to admit something to you. I want to get it off my chest. Um, I'm, I mock things. That's what I like to do that's the, the comedian part of me that's most of the the uh, i loved uh watching comedians mock uh, richard lewis was one of my favorite comedians he would just go into a place and just be so devastated by it all and just annoyed um and i loved hearing him riff on that um and uh when i first saw mind dog i was like what the fuck is uh mind dog is a mind dog uh, so mind dog can is you explain mind dog? Well, dog is your is, man's best friend. Mind dog is man's best. Well, what, how, mind how do you decide to come up with mind dog? It'd be like, uh, cause I know this comedian booker, he calls himself DNA and I didn't even want to talk to him for the first six months. I knew him because he called himself DNA, which I assume is the initials of his full name. But um, it was just never, a, I never called myself Mad Dog. People used to call me Mad Dog all the time. And then I was doing a, a comedian, a mentalism act with hypnosis in it. And people uh -huh. started calling me calling me Mind Dog instead of Mad Dog. Well, I never uh, came well, up that with makes Mad sense. Dog. I didn't dog. know you did that. Okay. Yeah, so so I was... So you, uh, you were... I was doing that, and then I did a radio show, Mind Dog the Magnificent, which basically was making fun of psychics and all these people. And basically, uh, it, it became the Mind Dog show. And then more uh -huh. people knew me as Mind Dog than ever knew my real name. So I figured, you know, that's so that I've been that <laughs> for 40 years now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can understand. And people, yeah, I get that I all the time. Know. So you were, you were a like comedy that. hypnosis guy or straight up? Yeah, guy? yeah, I was, yeah, I was um, basically. You get somebody um, up there, act like a chicken. Yeah. Have a girl uh, yeah, act kind of slutty. Like a, a, not normally yeah. likes this, but, you know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> giving lap dances. Yeah, there was always the late show was the naughty show. Um, right. Yeah, well, yeah. there was. There was a couple that came through Peoria on a regular basis. 
I can't yeah, remember Dr. their names. Doctor so. Dirty, Doctor uh, John Volby, the dirty hypnotist, was the was the biggest one in my time, and I was kind of emulating him a little bit with that stuff. But did you ever hear of Raven? Do you remember no. Raven? Oh yeah, yeah, uh, okay. a Vegas guy, right? Um, uh, I don't know if I he. Have that wrong. Uh, no, I don't think he was big time. He uh, and he kind of looked like he was a, a TV salesman. Um, but he, you would know him because he always he had this thing, he had this necklace or whatever went around his neck to hold the microphone. Um, uh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah Raven. I, it's ringing a bell. Yeah, he was. He got cancer. That happens. He was a. He was really. Uh, he he got cancer and he bragged that his hair didn't fall out. And then the cancer came back and killed him. Uh, <laughs> Did he have his hair? That's the only comment. <laughs> as long as you have your hair, it doesn't matter if you're alive or dead. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess so you could explore that, you know, a little bit. Like, uh, I, you don't appreciate the miracle, I guess. You know, you're just into your hair. Like, yeah. The most well, important worked, thing is I didn't lose my hair. I worked for a cult. A healing cult at one point. I was audio video director and, and technical director for a cult, a healing cult. And they taught, they used to tell people they were cured all the time. And they had the guy who they all celebrated that she cured his uh, testicle cancer on stage with the hands over. Ooh, ooh, and cured his <laughs> testicle cancer. And he died three weeks later of testicle cancer. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, it's not funny. Why am, I, why am I laughing at that? I'm a bad person. That's why. <laughs> Anyway, I think we have to wrap it up. We're yeah. two hours in here. Okay. Uh, I appreciate you being here, man. It's, it's good to actually uh, get to talk to you rather than just only know the, the stuff you say on Twitter. Uh, Dog Art Films is where people can go to see your films and uh, and maybe get involved in, uh, or help support you in any way. So, uh, Yeah, you. you can also, uh, they can watch uh, a short film I did called Gang Stalking. If you don't know what gang stalking is, it's uh you can look up the term um and uh it's on amazon prime you can watch it there same or place you can you find can the watch... <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to bring it back there. you can also watch it uh on youtube oh cool no. all right well, it's we'll now check that available out. on youtube okay excellent have, have a, a great day one. thanks thanks for nice being talking here. To bye you. bye, bye. bye. Yeah, you were really quiet. Right? He says, nice talking oh, to you. He meant me, God. not you. You didn't say anything. Oh. You had nothing to say. Don't ever do that to me again. What? Oh, my gosh. Don't ever do what to you again? Oh, man. Just take me off next time. Well, just say you could have took yourself out and said, I have to go. I didn't want to be rude, but I was sleeping with my eyes open. But it, it was very uh, riveting. Thank you. <laughs> he, gosh. What's wrong with your microphone? There's something wrong with your microphone. Can you hear me? I can hear you, but it's not not good. Uh, my phone didn't charge last night, so um, it's charging. All right. Well, you're fine. Oh well. Uh, no, you, you didn't have to stay, but you were doing this like don't, and then like I put you in the back, and you were still doing this. I was like, "What do you want? You want to be in? You want to be out? What do you want?" No. If, if there's, there's a delay. private chat, you could tell me right. right oh, there, there is. Yes. There's a private chat. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Can you see? Let me see if I can test. Test. <laughs> you see this come through now? No, I just sent you oh, yeah, something. Yeah, I saw that. What if I click it? Let me see. No, you oh, can't. Oh, I didn't know that. 
Oh my gosh! Wait, let me so try could, chat. Yeah, you could say oh, anything you want to me back there. Everyone in the studio. Oh. oh no, sorry. nobody can see. Nobody can see your private chats except me. So if I write, if I write, just kill me. Yeah. If I write, that? if you write, just kill me. I'll send somebody over to kill you. Oh my gosh! I think if it were between the death penalty and listening to Travis speak for five more minutes, I think that was worse than than getting executed. Really? Yeah. What what didn't you like about Travis? It? Great guy, great guy. Very slow speaking, slow moving, sort of the point. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, I feel like I had a history teacher like that in college, and I really tried hard to pay attention and pass. So you have short attention span. A short attention span theater is is what you got. You really can't listen to somebody talk for more than a minute without getting bored. See, no, I could listen like in the background if I'm like, you know, cooking or on the treadmill. But like, so go cook. Like, Make me something good. Oh, you're probably should, a terrible cook. You know cook, what I should you? do? I should just if, if there we have a guest like that, just carry my phone around with me, and like listen. Definitely, while... you could do that. You could see like the life of like. You can do whatever you want to do. That's that, that. That's the beauty of this program. There is nothing. There are no rules here. You could take like Carl takes his camera into the bathroom while he's on the bowl. I it, should it, do that. It kills the picture so that we can't see him, but we know what he's doing. He? How can you kill the picture? Oh, I see the little button. Yeah, you could just. Oh yeah, there you go. I didn't know I could do that. Oh. See, I'm learning. You are learning. I was respectfully listening. Um, what I got from that was he made a really heartfelt film that was close to his heart that I'll have to watch now because what he put into it, I, I really want to see. Uh, you know, so I'm going to watch it. But, yeah. Um, no disrespect. Kelly I, says, no, he sits too, meaning call. He, he sits? Sit, he, yeah. We don't. We didn't need to know all that about Carl's bathroom habits. I was Wait just bringing that oh, up as an example. He huh? He pees. He probably does. He's probably he probably has a deep seated uh, need to be a female in some way, and they they squat to pee. Who squats? N- to pee? Un- w- women do. Oh. Men men stand up straight and proudly sh- shoot their grass all over the lawn. <laughs> That's what we do. Oh my god. Who's the guest tomorrow? Should I even show Tomorrow. Up? <laughs> Who is the guest tomorrow? Um Peter Parkers. Peter Parkers is a New York uh, Peter's no. Parkers, not Spider Man. He's a New York true. based comedian. Uh I think you'll like him. He's he's a funny guy. Are you Although sure? I only can tell I, I've only seen videos of him on Facebook, but they've they've been pretty funny. Does he talk um, like fast-paced New Yorker or? Am, well, he's I, New York. Come on, he's New York. He's a Brooklyn Comedy Club guy. It, does he get to the point, or is it going to be like a ten-hour story? Well, it's not going to be much of a point. He's going to make us laugh. He's just going to be telling Good. jokes. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. And then mindless dog, because uh, you know that, that's how I. Wow, you're really brutal here. And then Thursday, William Conway is going to be back. He's got, I think he's got some footage from his thing the other night, Thursday night. He sent me a couple of songs that he wants me to put music to. They're just acapella things that he wrote. He sings in key, but there's no structure to it. It's really difficult to. I've done this. I tried this before. Really difficult when somebody just sends an acapella and says, 
I don't know anything about music. Can you put some music to this? I was going to do that to you. Difficult. It's difficult. Well, it's I not impossible. But yeah, it, there's no song structure there. You know, like you, you expect timing to be there. It's not and all this stuff. He's perfectly on pitch. I know the key he, he sings in is G. I know that for a fact. I can tell when he goes to like a four or a five. But if there's some like, like supposedly, you know, different harmonic thing, like a, a minor will switch to right. that or any of that kind of stuff. It's really hard to tell from. I think you have to be, it, it's easier to do that when you sit in the same room with somebody and they say, I can sing a cappella. Can you, and you're at the piano and you say, okay, then this part works here. Do you like this part when you sing that? Whatever. Doing that's it remotely. What, that's what I want to do. That's what I was going to say is um, I wanted to show you what I wrote, but in person, not, it's really hard. I, yeah, it's, it's true. But you, you know something about music, right? You play a lot of different instruments in a lot of different ways. No, a little bit like piano or, or yeah, I know you play drums and stuff and you know? I, I just self taught. I just you know, I know like three chords on a on the guitar and That's enough. You know, I know <laughs> the, all the chords on the piano, but it's like but I, I, I really I really wanna give myself treat myself to drum lessons because I, I really wanna master it for myself. Not for anyone else, but my really? advice to you would be don't take any advice from other drummers. If you're going to do it, take lessons, do it, go through a real program with a real teacher, right. a dedicated teacher. Mike, don't let Mike Barone tell you how to play drums or don't let Steve McClough, God, don't let, don't let any, any of the drummers we work with no, fill no, your I, head I would, with, with how to play drums. I want to, I want to start from the beginning and, yeah. you know, go through it because uh, I, I want to do it for me. It's something I've always wanted to do that I've put on hold for a long time. Kat says, I think more guys started sitting the pee once smartphones were invented. Yeah. I'm not sure of the linkage there. Um, why, cameras? I, I, I don't know. No, I just, uh, you know, that's the thing to do is go sit on the ball with your phone. Everybody Oh, does my that. God. You can't put your phone down for however long it takes to pee? I can't, I can't poop without my phone. I, at first, it was magazines. But the the faces were always staring at me, so I had to cover their eyes, because I'm I'm a very ritualistic pooper. Like I have to have my hair up, I have to you know dim the lights, light some candles. It's a big production, and so now when I you know if I'm reading something on the phone, there's no faces staring right. at me. So you're gonna you're gonna drop by my evening show tonight to see Laurie Garver ex escaping gravity, the NASA person, and to debunk your flat Earth stuff. All I want to do talk. is come on for two minutes and say the Earth is flat, and then just leave. You could do that. That would be that would be funny. I, and I'll just explain to her that you you were dropped on your head as a child, and this is, <laughs> this is what happens. Now um, tomorrow night on Mind Dog TV, Craig Mitchell, who is the host of Off the Cup Cooking. Okay, uh, Craig is a former oh, yeah. com comedian who's uh, he's a chef now he, and does, does non-diabetic foods, uh, way, recipes to cook everything that regular people like for diabetics. And then Thursday night, Lori Green, who's written a book about drag queens. Oh, I know. I, I saw your lineup. I was looking at your lineup. Yeah. Oh, and then Friday on this program, Coffee with the Dog, Ash... Her last name is really hard to pronounce, Priscilla or something like that. 
She's a relationship coach. She, and I said, you'd probably be better on the evening program. But you know what? The morning program might be fun to talk to a relationship coach. I would like to talk to her. Okay. <laughs> All right. Maybe I'll bring I'll bring Matt on and uh, she could sort out our... Uh... You know, you always want them to take your side, but don't, don't, what if she takes his side, like, and says, he's all right, and you're then all wrong. Then she's wrong. Then she's absolutely wrong. <laughs> you're not getting paid. You're not getting paid. That's it, exactly. relationship coach. Exactly. Yeah, that should be an interesting one, because we've had comedians, we've had everybody on, but, you know, I have some of these people, I even want to encourage some of these authors to come on and talk about their books, to see, let the chat room just skewer them, and, and all <laughs> Oh, well, Mike, Mike Chavolo, uh the other day, he was skewering Robert Wagner when he was on the show. Really? We, the guy that you liked, yeah. Uh, Why? Mike, what did he say? He was he had the same impression that you had of Travis. Like, he's talking too long. He's, 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 he's just talking too much. Oh, really? He's putting me to sleep. He kept saying, like, he's human Xanax, walking Xanax and all that. No, that was Travis. Travis got him beat. Ask, Mike, are you still there? No, he's sleeping. I, probably not. He's over. He's sleeping. He's, he's running his... Sleep. He's running his business. He actually listens to us while in. He's he runs a, a cleaning company, a house cleaning company. Ooh, and he, Mike Chavola, do you do you have room for one more worker? I know I know someone who needs a job. I'm sure he does. I'm sure okay. he does. Mike, if you're still here, uh, get in touch with Kiera. All right. All right. Um, yeah. No, I, I'm. I I could just picture him like you know with the floor waxer just sleeping. You know, if he was listening today. Whew. No, he doesn't do that. He, oh. he 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 owns the company that does that. I just, but, that's what I pictured. Um, you know. Yeah. Is no, it? he's he sits behind his desk, watches Fox News, but then he turns off Fox News to watch us for oh. a, a period of his morning. But he might have got he might got the because uh, he he was bored with Robert. He probably got bored with with Travis as well. Anyway, that was it's morning. It's the morning. We need like, you know, like we need high energy. I know. Short answers. No, don't give me soliloquies. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yeah. No, no, not yes. No, we need a little more than that. (laughs) But not not uh, four score and seven years ago. Our father said fourth. You know, we don't need that. I get it. Listen, I feel bad about cutting people off on that, though. You know, if they're on to something, I don't want to say, all right, you answered it 15 minutes me ago. Me as well. I feel the same way. I want to, you know, um, I when people are speaking, I like to listen to them. I don't like to comment often. but um, So when they're doing that, we just play patty cake. Okay. You and me. Okay. But it's not going to be in sync, so it'll be exciting. <laughs> Fuck it. All right. Um, so that's the show for today. Uh, maybe... Um, I don't know. You weren't impressed with the show. I, I thought if you're an independent filmmaker, there was a lot to learn there. Oh, yeah, there was a lot to learn. No, it was it was very interesting. Um, and uh, I learned a lot, actually, from what it takes to make a film and being behind. Well, you're never going to be in one of his films. We know that now. No. Look, I'm not I don't want to be disrespectful. I was just bored with the way he was speaking. But I, it was I'm playing uh, piano here. It was interesting in in a way. I don't know what a red camera is, so I again have to look that up. I don't know what that is. Did you? Uh, yeah, uh, gang stalking. I don't know what that means. Gang. Gang stalking. Oh man, no! I don't. Was it gang stalking? Gang stalking. Yes, I'm. Oh. I have his, his website up here right now, and it's on there. Uh, I, Monty Markham got the term. Look up yeah. the term. What gang stalking means? Yeah. Uh, gang. Stalking. Is is it real uh schizophrenia? Oh. 
Oh, oh my gosh. Wait, wait, hold on. How do you spot a gang stalker? It's called mobbing or gang stalking. And there are seven unmistakable signs that it's happening to you. Everyone is suspiciously on. Oh, it's literally a gang that's stalking you. Oh, everyone is um, suspiciously on the same page. You feel uncomfortable and don't know why facts don't add up. You feel trapped in a bubble. You notice regular small changes that everyone else ignores. The psychological warfare. Dan Danger Man says he won he would cast us both in his next film. Woo! Now what? you would be the, you would be a clay zombie. No, he's already done clay zombie, so you wouldn't be that. <laughs> but you would be some kind of zombie. I mean, certainly a zombie. Would, so, well, he his 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 most recent film is Clay Zombies, and uh, that just would be take, the part that you take, would be. Just take the footage for. of me listening to Travis. <laughs> And then just put my face on the zombie. <laughs> You're really mean sometimes. You're a very mean person. Look, I jest. I jest. Travis, you're great. And okay. I can't wait to you're watch jesting. this film. I know I am going to watch it, though. I was, I'm like, oh, I got to watch it now. He, he was really into, um, you know, what his work. And that's good. It's good to take pride in your work and, and get excited to speak about it. Um, yeah. Well, I, just the thing is, I know so many people. Why it was more interesting for me, I suppose. I know so many people who aren't gonna, who aren't gonna succeed in that because they have the wrong idea. They they are totally caught up with technology. I just need a camera, man. No, it's the fucking camera doesn't mean shit. You can get a really cheap camera, and do a good movie, or you could have the most expensive camera and do a shitty movie. It's all about what you can do with it. It's like I've always gotten this argument with musicians about gear. Like guys who spend fifteen thousand dollars on a guitar, I got a hundred and fifty dollar guitar I played gigs on and made money with, and your fifteen thousand dollar guitar, you've never made a dime. Dollars? Yeah. Well, what about the guys on the street that play the buckets? I I think they're great. Yeah, right. But it's, it's not about the the equipment; it's about what you can do with it. What throws me off on an independent film is when the camera is I don't know. I don't know what it is. If it's not mounted on something, when it's just kind of loose, right. that throws me off because it's break. It's breaking the fourth wall, kind of where you're. You stabilize. Like, yeah, it feels like a home video. Then it feels like dad shooting. I don't you. like that. I don't yeah, like films no. like that. I've never liked films like that. Um, there's just something about, and there's also not only that, like when the camera's moving, but there's also some kind of. Um, I don't know what it is. I can't tell you. That, there's that, a lot of things that you would pick up on that. Yeah. Uh, that most mistakes that filmmakers make, like crossing uh, crossing the line, uh, you know, basically you could shoot stuff from one side of a line. If like if you're on a football game at, at a football game, right? Picture like a you know a football field. Right. It's all shot from one side. If you automatically just switch to the other side, that would be really disconcerting. And you see that that kind of uh, take done by independent filmmakers a lot, where they don't know about breaking the the plane. You can't just go can't give people this orientation right. you're over here and all of a sudden they're over there they right. don't know how to process that the brain doesn't know how to process that right you see that right. mistake a lot sound fucking kills uh independent films a lot with yeah. the sound is off yeah yeah so yeah, to me that was a really important lesson for a lot of people i know who are out there they think of i'm a director man no you're not a director you never made a film in your life you really what he did and what he said he did 
Right. I went there to learn. I was working 15 hours a day in L.A. working on other people's productions to learn the craft. And that and that was impressive. And that's, you know, I give him credit for that, to really have an open mind and, and try. Yeah. And, it, it, for those people who were doing that, if you break down that conversation, and it was mostly a monologue, I agree. But if you break down what he said, there were a, at least five to ten really yeah. important points he made for young filmmakers or or, right. or wannabe filmmakers that that are important for people i made that. a very impressive film in seventh grade and i can't find the tape but it was it was a masterpiece you, you want to see fiducia can i play fiducia for you no uh, i could start i'm just i'm not gonna play it uh it's a it's an independent film that i made in 1997 i think it was i'm just gonna play the intro of it and i'll cut it off okay i'm excited uh, you have it ready? Uh, it might be on my desktop, I think. Hold on, let me see. Fiducia. Where are you, Fiducia? What What I... gave you, why Why Fiducia? What's that? What is Here that? Here it is. Oh, no, that ain't. Fiducia <laughs> uh, is Italian for for trust. And so uh, a mom film. No, I don't have it ready. I, it's, uh, oh, come that's... on. That, that's, that's exciting. I thought I had it ready. I thought it was on my desktop, but because I was watching it a little bit last night. Producer uh, sounds like a scary woman online that you don't want to mess with. Like she, she's got you know a bone to pick with. Well, it's Italian for uh, again, it's Italian for trust, and it was a mob movie. I didn't write it; I just directed it and did the editing on it. But I guess I don't have it to play. Aww. But I just wanted to show you the beginning because I I was in it in the beginning of the movie for the first. Uh, 45 seconds. Um, I'm in the movie. Where is it? I don't, I could have sworn I brought it over last night. Oh, not that. Stop, stop that. Oh, <laughs> nope, I don't have it. Well, I'll get it ready for tomorrow. I'll play it tomorrow for you. And, and that's look, something to look forward to. Perfect. Peter Parkins will be here tomorrow. All right. Have a great day. I'm getting out of here. I'm getting you out of here. And then I'm getting out of here. I got things to do. Me too. What do I have to, what do, I have to do? I have, I have to go your ass. take care of business. No, I have business. business you got to take, take a dump. Just say it. No, business. Oh, you know, I could play. Let me let me play this before. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm retired. I'm just so stupid. I can't help it. I make myself laugh. Yeah, we be rocking 45s, looking at them fly. Yeah, America's favorite party band. They keep doing it and doing it. Damn. Yeah, they hit love song free at the rocking 45s. Do it easily. It will blow you away. So listen to what I say. This ain't no concert. This a party. And best believe it's time to move that body. Cause if you want to go and get it on, then head to rockin45s.com Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. That, that that made my day. Wow. I know. Um question? Yes. Who who did that? Who did the voice? I have no idea. What do you mean? You hired I, somebody? I have no idea. What do you mean? It was on my hard drive uh obviously from years ago and um I don't remember. <laughs> I, have no, I have no idea. You don't know who did that? Who did the puppet? I know, it's it's lost in my synapses of my memory. No, I have no idea where that came from. Who did it? Um, I was very impressed. 
Yeah, it was pretty cool. I, I liked it. I played. This is what I was doing last night. I was going through. Uh, I was looking for a specific uh, piece of footage, and I was finding all these weird things. I got Richie doing. You know, Big Rich from this weekend. I have him doing the stripper uh, at Venetian Shores with Mike's wife Lydia. Would you uh-huh. like to see that really yes. quick? It's only. All right, I'm, I'm gonna share. Oh that my window. gosh, this uh, is exciting. This is the uh, radio. Uh, let's see, Rich Stripper. Here it is. Oh yes. enough of that now lydia's gonna kill me for doing that but i can't um, i can't apologize um, that was beautiful yeah that's a good way to end it for today yes <laughs> all right i'll see you tomorrow bye goodbye bye. All right, I'm out of here. I have to get Facebook. I'm already going to get a content um, copyright strike for for that. Uh, So might as well just play my own music and let them fucking copyright strike me again for using my own music just to get out of here. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed at least hearing from Travis, getting to know him a little bit. And uh, if you're a filmmaker, I'm sure there are some gems in there for you. Uh, See you tomorrow. Thanks for coming. Have a great rest of the day. Bye for now. And don't forget to turn on your radio. You guys watch uh, The Last Rites. I think I got to watch the first hour or so of this January 6th thing just because of uh, could be historic. Could be just a dud. You never know. But I got to check that out. See you later. See you. Bye for now.